So welcome back to another Two Guys Golf podcast. This is Tyler. And this is Mike. Today is December 9th, 2022. And we we had such a good time recording our goals podcast that we're going to get right back into it this week. And we're going to take some some listener questions that I have prompted some of our friends who listen to our podcast for questions. I'm very excited to hear them. Yeah, so... Anyways, before we jump into that, let's just uh, catch up on on the week that we had since uh, our podcast. I I definitely sent it to I call it our first real podcast. I I, I could say where we're like sitting down and having a conversation, not in the in the world of golf. Yeah, you like know, not just kind of talking, recording. Yep, our conversations out there. Um, yeah, and I I I enjoyed it. I thought it came out. Well, yeah, I think it was good. Yep. Um, like, and I just I enjoyed the the process of it, just chatting, sitting and talking, as if we would normally just sit and talk exactly like that. So, sure. Yeah. Now we can always call back to it, and I think that's kind of the idea of this. So, um, yeah, we were definitely not expecting so many people to like listen to our podcast. It was more of just like you and I, just like having conversations and just putting them out on the internet so we could go back to them and listen to them. Um, so I just want to shout out all the listeners that we've had. I mean, we were not expecting this at all. So that's yeah. really cool that it's kind of growing in a way that we didn't expect it to. Yeah. I think like you said, I literally expected zero people to ever be interested in listening to any portion of our <laughs> two and a half hour podcast. Yeah. Um, yep. So, Let's see. I have some questions. The first one is from Kyle. Ooh. My, my this is the my favorite question I got because well, you know, shout out Kyle. It's because it's probably from Kyle that I was like, "Wow, Kyle, what a great question." Oh yeah. Kyle's not our uh, most He's just not overly thoughtful sometimes. So mm-hmm. I was excited to get such a great question from him. Yeah, this is the one that you mentioned earlier to me about. Yes. You didn't tell me the question at all. You were just like, I'm just very excited to sit down on a podcast and talk about whatever Kyle's question mm-hmm. is. So I'm, I'm very geeked for this. So Kyle's question. What is the biggest pro and con we each bring to a scramble team? Mm. Wow. That came directly from Kyle. That's, that's I know. actually a very thoughtful question. I know. It took him a while to respond to, which I appreciated. He's he has a tendency to just blurt. Not care yep. a ton. So that was that was nice. Gosh, bad on us. We're bad friends. Like two podcasts in a row, we're kind of shitting on Kyle. Yeah, it kind of feels bad. And so early into the podcast too. Like we've hardly been talking and <laughs> You know, here we are, just bad mouthing Kyle, but you know, it's all it's all in love. Kyle's Kyle's one of our our greatest friends, a near and dear friend, that is for sure. Um, well, how do you want to do this? You want me to go first? You go first? Or? You know, I'm interested to hear what you, I want you to go first with your. Uh, let's do cons first. Okay, cons first. We'll wrap it up with this part with uh with positives. Okay, so. Because this is this is I think the cons are the more more interesting. Yeah, because it makes aspect. you think. Yeah, because what I bring to a scramble team, 
I think I think I bring a sense of um, of calmness, and I don't know if that's a pro or a con because sometimes you need somebody to really hype the team up, but also sometimes you need time, somebody in that group to just be like, "Hey, we're okay. Like, you know, we made par. That's okay. Yeah, you know, things like that. Just a calm presence." Um, but I guess I guess a con that I bring would probably be my lack of length. I don't hit the ball far on with any of my clubs, um, which would be a con because in a scramble, you really want to be as close to the hole on par fours and par fives as you can to try to go for eagles. And um, so I think that would probably be one of my cons. And I'm also not. You think it's what your biggest con though? Biggest con. Is the length your biggest con? I think what would be interesting here is after you say you what you think your biggest con is, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what I think your biggest con is, and then we're going to do vice versa Okay, when it's my turn. Um, another one that came to my head was my ball striking ability. Mm. Um, sometimes, you know, in a two-man or a four-man scramble, especially a two-man where, say, it's you and I, um, if I don't strike the ball well if i shank it or if i like top the ball and we're playing we do play scrambles you know 100 percent correct fair like we're not gonna go right 46 on the board <laughs> shout out that those <laughs> dudes on instagram um you know we're we're gonna play with the rules that we're given in that scramble and if i top my six iron that counts. That was my shot. Now, if I top it, that means we're still in play, most likely. But that's just one less chance to get on the green. You know, par three, par four, par five, whatever. Um, so I'd say ball striking. Um, and then sometimes I get into my own head, too. Mm. Where, like, nobody else has to say anything. But I can just feel like I feel like I'm letting the team down if I don't put driver in play. Or if I hit a putt so terribly that, like, you can't read anything from that putt just because it was so awful. of just, like, it's way offline. The speed, most likely, is way too fast. So you don't get to see where the <laughs> yeah, break it's cer- is. certainly never usually short. Um, this, well, especially in scrambles, you never want to leave it short. No. Um, no. Unless it's, like, a 60-foot putt. It's sure. It's if sure. you blow it 15 feet past the hole. Sure, you gave it a chance, but also if that is the best yeah. in your group, now yeah. you have a 15-footer coming back for probably par, possibly bogey. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what my biggest one would be. Can I tell you what I think your biggest con is? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's got to be the short game. Short game, yeah. It's just, Shipping. it's, it's got to be around <laughs> the greens. Not that you... uh. Not that you want to be missing greens and scrambles, mm-hmm. but I feel I feel we are normally in play enough that while your ball striking might not be superb, like approaching the green, mm-hmm. as it, it is a con. However, because we're generally in a pretty decent spot, like in the fairway, mm-hmm. because of your ability to drive the ball, and, yep. and mine, I guess, but... Like you're you're definitely a more accurate driver of the golf ball than I am, so it works out that way. Yep. Like we we can usually be in the fairway somewhere, and being in the fairway fairway somewhere, it's generally going to lead to a lot of greens being hit. 
uh, for for our teams, whether it's two man or a four man. But I will say there's definitely been times where I know that we have a hard chip shot coming up, and it's uh certainly feels like I might be the only one. You know, I immediately go from instead of feeling like oh we have two chances to make this to like Tyler, you really need to just hit this like five feet. Yep. So yep. I'd probably say that's probably your biggest con. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would agree. Which is ironic because it's probably the weakest part of your golf game. So I guess that would make sense. Yeah, and it's just it's a little nerve wracking too because it's just like, well, Mike, it's a fifteen foot like chip shot, just like hit the ball. But it's like well, I don't know how hard or soft to hit it, <laughs> and like should I try to scoop it or should I play it low? You know, there's there's a lot that goes into play. So yeah, sometimes I just I get in my own head with chips, difficult or easy, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, chipping in general if i have a wedge in my hand around the greens where i can't make a full yeah. swing at it I, mm-hmm. I get stressed out a little bit so. it's just i think because you're just you're so tall yep it's just it, when i watch you chip it's it just doesn't always look comfortable no nope. but hey you know what we'll, we'll get there uh you know i appreciate you being vulnerable mm-hmm. this time talking oh, yeah. about your cons that's yep. that's not nothing um so I'll say I think I thought of my con as you were talking. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest con when it comes to scrambles is that I have a tendency to 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 play too much like it's a regular round of golf. So I think there's definitely been quite a few times where I'm maybe last to putt. And I I a hundred percent can see the line, mm-hmm. but because it's like a twenty five footer, I might leave it six inches short, right in the middle. Yep. Because as a as a golfer who plays a lot a lot of solo events, you know you have a twenty five footer for birdie and leave it six inches short and it's tap in par. That's usually fine. That's a win. There's yep. nothing. I would never be upset. Unless it was like the last hole and you like needed to make it, mm-hmm. but if it was the last hole and I needed to make it, I think I would. Short. I would just like look whether you're gonna. If you need to make it to get into like say a playoff, mm-hmm. like you blow it by three feet. Yep. At like, I don't care what you do. You you do not leave it short. Yep. Two putting or three putting because you missed a six footer coming back is much better than leaving it two inches short. Sure. Because. Yep. You at least had a chance, so yeah, I'd say I'd say that's my that's my biggest con is getting too much in like the not scramble mode mm-hmm. where you're playing too far away from pins. You're not taking as aggressive enough lines because I mean we we play in a lot of like people are good at golf around here. Yeah. Like you can't win scrambles shooting five or six hundred. You got to shoot ten, twelve. Sometimes 15, 16 under. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not to pat myself on the back too much, as generally the best player in our group, yep. I can't be playing super conservative. I'm the one that plays the most golf and plays to the highest level. I got to act like it sometimes. Yeah. Yep. And we've had conversations about that before with like some someone that we've regularly had in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, gets frustrated with you when you don't hit approach shots to like four feet or in it's like, yeah, dude, but like none of you are on the green. 
Yeah. I'm just trying to get us on the green for a putt for birdie, not like a tap-in. Obviously, tap-in's great, but we need to be in a position to not, you know, make a bogey in a four-person yeah. scramble. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would agree with you on your con for um, for being on a scramble team is that sometimes you can get not in the scramble mentality of like, I'm just going for everything. Like, I don't care where this lands, but it might also be because of who you play with. Yeah, I could, could see that. Most of the time I'm in that two or three or four person scramble team. Um, and, you know, if I'm on driver third, my job is to get us in play. And if I don't get us in play, that puts a lot of pressure on you to not only drive the ball well, accurately, but also far, you know, because you do, you are a longer, a longer hitter of the golf ball. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would agree with you because a lot of times like you, you know, when to turn it on of like, you know, we need to go for this. Like I'm trying to chip this in. You'll walk it off. It's a nine, nine stepper. Great. I'm going for the pin. Like, yeah, I'm trying to rattle it in there. But then other times it's like, dude, I'd be like, if I was playing competitive golf, like for myself, mm-hmm. I'd be really happy with eight feet here. Yep. Because I'm going to take the percentage play of like, let's take an eight foot par putt, not another chip. Yep. You know, because yep. sometimes, sometimes shots are a lot harder than what the eye looks like. Mm-hmm. If you don't play like. I would definitely a lot of times rather take an 80-yard shot than a 40-yard shot. Yep. I, I do not hit 40-yard wedge shots very well, mm-hmm. but it's it's like half as close. So, like, the idea, well, of course you'd want to hit it closer. And it's like, yes and no. Yep. From a competitive golf standpoint, I'm looking at an 80-yard shot as I can probably hit that inside 20 feet. Yep. If it for sure, like, I'm not necessarily trying to hit it to a foot. But if it's inside 20 feet pin high, that'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. If it goes closer, that's great. I'm never going to hit it outside 40 feet. So then my three-putt ability from like inside 40 feet is like pretty good. I'm not going to three-putt many of those. So you're just kind of building around in that sense of like, well, if you make birdie here, that's great because you had a wedge in. But let's just have a putt at it. Yep. Where if it's like a 40-yard shot, you just get a, a cut, like just a little bit more of expectations to like, hit it close and uh, you you have this expectation to hit it a little closer because you're so much like you're half as close as 80. Yeah. But in reality, like depending on where the pin is or the slope of the green, you, you really might not be able to get it inside 10 feet. Mm-hmm. It might take a perfect shot to hit it inside 10 feet from 40 yards where to hit it inside 20 feet or two 10 feet from 80 takes just a, a very regular shot, mm-hmm. like just something you practice all the time, 80 yards. So like a full lob wedge. Yep. Like I don't typically hit lob wedge farther than that. So it's it's perfect. It comes out perfectly. But yeah, I've, I definitely hear that sentiment about expectations and scramble teams, but I think it's good to know. Yeah. Like the cons of like, that's what I struggle with. Mm-hmm. So you know, work on that because it's a, something fun that we have a lot of those around here, and I'd like to, I'd like to make a run at one someday with yeah. the, with the group, whoever yeah. we have on the team. Um, 
So go go through what do you think your pro is? Um, well, I, I definitely, I definitely think as I've gotten better at golf, I think, um, just always trying to put the team in a position where like we can go for it. You know, like if I say on a par five, like we're in the middle of the fairway and we got two hundred fifty yards left, I'm probably just gonna hit three wood. Unless it's a like a, we got to bend this around a tree or we got to go up or over or something mm-hmm. like that. At that point, I'll just take seven iron, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, just like you know, I physically cannot get the ball there, so I will put us in a position where, you know, if some of the longer hitters don't make it. That's okay. We're in play. We've got a good shot at the green. Um, so I'd say you know, course management. Um, knowing my game and knowing my limits of like, yeah, even if I get a hold of this three wood, it's not going to go more than like two ten. So like, I'm not going to swing out of my shoes to try to gain 40 yards, you know, things like that. Um, interesting accuracy with driver. Okay. is a big one. Um, but then also putting, I think putting's one of my, it can be on its good days. It can be an absolute strong suit for the team. Inside 10 feet, very simple putts. Mm-hmm. I yep. I would say you you do excel at those, especially when, when given, a, given a good line. Exactly. When other people can show me if I'm not the first or the second one, you know, to putt. If I'm like the third one, then I've already seen two balls roll. Mm-hmm. I can see, okay, it starts breaking here. Most of the time that's that's the hardest part of putting for me is I don't see lines like on like Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah, that's right. We've talked about that. You don't you know, see those. You get putt preview and you have the grid and you have like slopes and all that. I'm just like, I use the knowledge that you've given me before of like, yeah, well, if you were to dump a buck, bucket of water here, where would it run off to? It's like, oh, okay. And then like high side of the cup, low side of the cup. Um you know things like that, and so yeah, I, w- I just think that's really like you. You legitimately do not see a putt preview like in your head. No, like I don't. You do not see a line. Like does you don't see the ball going in the hole? I putt to a spot, so like oh yeah, I'm I not, always I like do not do that. Or when people give me visual points of like okay, like it's like it's, put it here, like see that dot yep. on the ground or like that ball mark, or even sometimes like the imaginary ones where it's like okay. It's two cups. It's two cups right. Okay. I can visualize two, two cups, cups to right. the right of the yep. hole. I can putt to that. Okay. Um, but like seeing like a a line yeah. is that's that's very difficult for me. So it's interesting. Um I'm gonna keep that in mind. I think I'm not sure I necessarily think that when I'm giving you lines. So um, I'll I'm I'm gonna consider that. Um yeah, I guess I if I'm thinking about your pros, see, I'm really stuck between driver accuracy and putting. Yep. So if we're I, on the same page. If I had to pick one, yeah, see, I think if I had to pick one, I think that's probably the best way to understand like your biggest pro. Mm-hmm. I have to pick one of them. So I'm going to pick your driving accuracy. Okay. Because from a scramble team perspective, like, if I'm going to pick one, 
I think we're definitely more likely to gain more strokes off the tee than we mm-hmm. are putting. Yep. Although I understand scramble team, it generally does just come down to who makes the most putts. Yep. But from my perspective, it's, well, how can we get to the putt? Mm-hmm. And you essentially always being 220 to 260 yards, like in the fairway, yep. is a is a massive confidence booster. For somebody like me, mm-hmm. who, like, golf courses just play a lot smaller for me. Yep. Especially in scrambles when we're usually playing up tees. Like, I don't, it does get a little claustrophobic for me off mm-hmm. the tee sometimes. But if you're in the, if you're in the fairway, and, and actually an, an underrated aspect to your driving accuracy is because your alignment with golf is really, really good mm-hmm. since we've started playing together. Like, you, you do have generally very good alignment for what you're trying to do. And if I can tell what you're trying to do prior and then I watch you hit the golf ball and we play so much golf together that I can see like if you heel cut it and like mm. you, you hit it badly, where does it start? And like, where does it end? Yep. And if I see like, okay, well you hit like a 30 yard cut cause you hit it a little off the heel and it started here on this tree line. And it cuts 30 yards and it's still right side of the fairway. Mm-hmm. I now can take a lot of that knowledge in picking my line yep. based on like, well, what yours did with like the wind. Cause that, I do think that's a watching you. Yeah. Watching you hit the golf ball off the tee does help me probably way more than the amount of times like you put a ball into the hole. Mm, okay. Just because th- like there definitely are times where a certain tee shots, places that we play if we're playing in a scramble like i've just got i've got nothing for that shot yep but but you hit it so much shorter than i do that like you can just hit it straight like you normally do maybe you get a good one it goes 240 we have 150 yards in yep i have to hit like a shot that's extremely uncomfortable like around a corner and the difference is we're gonna have 90 yards instead Mm. of 150 yep Actually, I'm think in my head. I'm thinking of Pilgrim's Run number five. Mm, okay, because if we generally play that from the up tees, and yep. you hit a good one, and it's a little like you hit a good one, and it's a little down downwind, and it's downhill, you can generally get us around that like eight to nine iron range for me mm-hmm. around the 150 yard mark. Yep, and I'm very comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. For me to get it around the corner at five is like one of the most uncomfortable shots, I think, in West Michigan for me. Mm, I just don't like that tee shot. I can't hit a fade high enough over the trees to carry them all and land in the fairway, and I don't hit draws super well, Mm -hmm. especially when the bailout is right. Yep. Because on that hole, you can miss it a lot right. So generally, I will, if I'm swinging well, I will not snap hook it. Mm -hmm. And I'll generally hit a little healy, and it'll stay kind of straight, and now it's just in the woods because there's, like, to the right. You can miss it right, but it's still in the woods. Yep. Or it or it really flares right, and it's, like, 210 in out of the rough, mm. and you got to cut it around the trees. So, like, I just, I don't really pre- care for that tee shot. Yeah. So I would much rather have your driving ability to get us, like, 160, 150 yards on that hole rather than not... And then we have to use your putting ability for like par from eight feet. Like, yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So my pro 
you know, I don't even know if I really want to answer. I mainly just wanted to talk about the cons. Okay. Because I don't know what my pro is. Why don't you tell me? Because I, I hate this. I hate this part of this question. I like the rest of this question, but I just, I don't know. This part of the question for you specifically. Yeah. Um, I think, and this almost comes off as like a blanket statement of just like your entire golf game. That's I what I didn't want to answer. <laughs> I don't think I can necessarily use that because it needs to be something. Um, but I mean, you do bring length to the table. Um, I, I do bring length to the table. Um, so, you know, your ability to hit 290, 300, 310 yard drives, you know, that's huge for a scramble team. Um, you know, your, your putting ability, you know, you, you walk off your chips and your putts, you know, how, how hard to hit them, things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw you hit an iron shot that was like really bad, like a shank, like where you hit it off the toe and it just goes like directly right. Or like you miss the golf ball. Like the, yeah, I guess I can't either really. The other people that we play with, including myself will miss hit the ball at least a few times. And especially if it's cold, I struggle when it's cold yeah you when it when it's hot you're like a 12 handicap when it's cold you're like a 25 yep i just get like i can't feel my hands and i'm all stiff and it's hard um yeah it is and trying to find the correct amount of warmth to ability to actually swing yeah like your layers yep yep trying to figure out the layer situation it's that one vest that you always wear yeah it's the big we gotta get you on the scotty shuffler train where you take it off when you swing but put it back on when you're not swinging yep it's kind of like a pitcher you know going into the dugout and putting on the yes yep yep and then when they get back out there it's you know just jersey (coughs) so yeah i don't i don't know man it's i mean you you certainly bring a lot and i think anybody that knows you would want you to be on their scramble team because of your ability to excel in all the different aspects of golf, you know, short game, putting, driving, irons, woods, even, um, you know, hybrid. Yeah. Except for omit the last like three months of this golf season with hitting any sort of fairway wood. Yep. Um, I have figured that out a little bit. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, just pro is just you being if, able to play golf if I'm, at a high level. If I'm thinking of it, I guess, as you say it, which is how I'm glad I made you go first, is like I could maybe think of like a pro being my background in playing solo competitive golf is probably the biggest pro I bring to a scramble team. Mm-hmm. There's generally not a moment too large in a scramble. Like, I still like can feel it and it's still fun and exciting, but I mean, I remember going to like us open qualifying for the first time and like just going by yourself and not mm. knowing what you're doing and just like shooting 89 and it's a miserable day mm-hmm. and you're nervous. And I told you the thing about like, you can't feel your knees. Yep. And you just you're driving there, and it's just it's a it's a 
It's a whole ass thing. And when you juxtapose that with, like, the Pilgrim's Run fall scramble, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's just not the same. Not comparable. No. So I think that's the thing is when everybody's not in the fairway and it's like, all right, well, now you got to hit the fairway. Yep. Like, nobody's in the fairway, which happens sometimes frequently. And I'll say, I'll say, I probably think that's my biggest pro. Yep. Is being able to handle those situations. Mm-hmm. So, um, which I guess is kind of the same thing you're kind of saying, just in a different way. Um, but, anyways, so that's uh, thanks, Kyle, for that question. Yeah, the thank wonderful you very much. question. Um, I just I was very very excited to hear that one. So. The next questions are from Cece. Okay. Now, it's kind of a series of questions. They all kind of go together. Mm, okay. And since we don't have a ton of listeners, we're just going to take them all. Okay. <laughs> um, so, question one. Well, hold on. Let me re-go through these just quick. I did read all of these prior, but I do. Maybe it makes sense to ask them not in the exact order she sent them. Um... Here we go. Well, let's start with it. We'll start with an easy one. Okay. Who is your favorite professional player and why? What makes you look up to them? And I'm just going to make sure this is very clear. We're talking professional golf player. Yes. Because the question wasn't professional athlete and it wasn't, you know, favorite professional golfer. So I just want to make sure. I'm taking the as professional as golfer since golfer. You know, it is a golf podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a hard one because a lot of my a lot of my favorites went to live golf. Yeah, fuck live golf. You know, which we we we're not big fans of. Um so then it, it just kind of comes down to to three, which would be Rory, mm. Tiger, and JT. Now I don't know if I can say Tiger because he's kind of he's kind of playing he's kind of not you know he hasn't played you know since his injury and you know we can do the we can do a real like classic like solid like non Tiger category okay because sure. I, I mean Tiger's it's Tiger the majority of I mean the it, times everybody's favorite yeah so um yeah so then I got it narrowed down to JT and Rory. Mm. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Rory. Okay. Just because as I learn more about golf, like I watch professional golf and like Rory's swing is just a thing of beauty. Mm. Um, And he's not the biggest guy out there. Nowadays, guys are big. Like he's, got, a, he's as tall as Tristan. Yeah. I mean, you got Bryson, you got Brooks, you know, you've got big muscular guys playing on the PGA tour and you know since have joined sure. the live tour but you know back when it was mostly just the PGA it was just you know they're coming out with people who look like they could play linebacker you know they've got huge arms shoulders you know legs it's just a different breed from like you know it they're all turning into Tiger Woods when Tiger Woods was you know Tiger Woods yeah 
you know, just like Tiger was like a freak athlete compared to like all the golfers he was playing against, you know, just people who could strike the ball well. But now Tiger adds so much length and, you know, they had to make specific rules and things like that because of him. And so I think I think Rory's kind of right up there, too, where he's not the biggest guy out there, but he plays with such fire and. You know, just seeing the bunker shot that he hit and just seeing him just all fired up. You know, oh, that one at Augusta? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. And it's just like, he's a he's a fun guy to root for. He's also fun to, like, listen to. Oh, um, yeah. Just because he's got such a such an accent on him. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say Rory McIlroy would probably be my my favorite professional golfer now. What What makes you, like, look up to him? Um, like the swing, like all that stuff you said. Yeah. His swing, his demeanor. Um, I've never really, I mean, I've seen Rory get upset before, but it's never in like a violent or like destructive way. Um, and you know, we, we joke about, you know, shout out that dude. I almost hit with a putter that one time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Ranger Rick. That was, that was a tough scene. Um, but yeah, it's just his demeanor, the way he carries himself. I mean, a family man, and he's just, you know, like I said, it's he's not the biggest guy out there. And when I go and play golf, I'm not the biggest guy out there either. I might be the tallest guy out there, <laughs> but I'm certainly not the most muscular or athletic looking, you know, guy out there. But I think, you know, just just what Rory has done in the world of golf and at just yeah, I just I just like everything about Rory. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a that's a good answer. And I think the, he's a pro, a true professional. Yeah, yeah, and he's you know, he is he is that guy. I yep. mean, he is a a class act mm-hmm. as as they'll say. Yep. Um you know, he's never I mean, gosh, one of the only things I can think of in the history of his career at this point has been like his kind of like comments about the Olympics in 2016 mm. when it do the, you know, the Zika virus and deciding not wanting to play and all this other stuff. And he, and he came out later kind of being like, you know, a lot of what was the issue with that was, you know, just being in a bad mental place on top of being from Northern Ireland mm-hmm. where he was going to have to decide like, do I play for Northern Ireland or Ireland. Right. And, but at the same time, not really understanding the issues that are surrounding his country, like the country he's from, almost like an embarrassment of like, I don't know who to pick because, like, I, for, I'm from there, but I don't live there and I don't want to be naive to like the plights of, you know, the people that are being oppressed in whatever way that was. And mm-hmm. he was very candid about that later on in an interview with, uh, I think, Paul Kimmage. Um, and I guess like, and other than that, like he's, that's pretty much it. And honestly kind of get it. Yeah. That's not something we have to like really worry about. Right. You know, we just America, you know, Mm -hmm. God, God bless (laughs) him. Um, so yeah, I, I love that answer for the sake of it. I am not going to pick Rory. I, Certainly could see myself picking Rory, but I'll I'll pick somebody else. Okay. Um, and I do think this is probably true. I think I probably 
I certainly look up to Rory, but if I'm going to use the word favorite, I think I'm going to go with Max Homa. Mm-hmm. Maxi Homa. So Max's, I guess what you call struggles in professional golf, I, I can relate to. Not in the sense that like I'm good like that. I mean, he is just, he is a guy who from a young age decided like I think at the age of 12 said you know I, I'm gonna like his dad kind of sat him down like hey you you kind of can't pick you can't be like if you're gonna be a professional athlete you cannot pick two yep you need to pick one it's time to pick mm-hmm. and you know I think he maybe between like baseball or at one point I think he said like well I was smart enough at 12 to realize Max has said this I was smart enough at 12 to realize, like, I was not tall enough or fast enough to play basketball. Yep. wasn't big enough to be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he, he – I know he likes baseball, but I can't remember his reasoning for not saying, like, baseball. But he was good at golf. And okay. so at, at the age of 12, he started finally – he treated it, like he says, as kind of like a job. Okay. He tried to get better at it. And then worked his way. He was one of the best college players in, you know, in, in the nation – during his time at uh, Cal. And he is, besides, he's the only player in NCAA history, I believe at the time, to win the Pac-12s and the individual national championship, other than Tiger Woods. Mm, so okay. he he had it going for him. Mm-hmm. And after that, he went and needed, after his college season, he went to... Q school. Okay. Now this is back in the day when you could go to Q school and essentially you could like sign up for it. And if you just like got through, you were now on the tour. Hmm. It was very simple. Okay. In the sense that you could just, if you were good enough, you could just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it cost a lot of money obviously. And that's a, that's a factor, but he, he shows up to Q school. No caddy. Carries his own Cal bag that he had from college. Mm. Q school, they play seven rounds of golf. He wins it. Gets on tour. Okay. I mean, like, people are kind of like, who is this guy carrying his own bag? Right. And, like, I like that story. That's, mm-hmm. like, one of my favorite Max Homa stories. Um, he gets out there on tour. First week, top ten. Mm. Gets him into the next, next event. Because if you get a top ten on tour you automatically qualify for the next event in the calendar um, okay. if you're not already exempt into the tournament. Um, so he he, he get, gets into the next event, finishes, he makes the cut, finishes like 20th or something. Okay. At this point, he's played a ton of golf, and he's just like kind of riding on a high, and he's like, oh, my God, this is great. Mm-hmm. This is so easy. And then like absolutely just rock bottom. Mm-hmm. He falls apart, game falls apart. There's a, a really famous quote. Sorry, not a famous quote. Um, a quote that stuck with me from him on a No Laying Up podcast where he says, Yeah, for like a whole year on the golf course, like no matter what golf course I went to, I just I always knew where all the out of bounds markers were. Hmm. Because I I uh, always was near them. Yep. He said at one he said at one point I just pra- I stopped practicing my wedges and like my irons and stuff and only worked on my driver because if I couldn't get it in the fairway, it didn't matter how good I could hit wedges. Mm, okay. 
as somebody who's struggled with driver, especially in tournament golf, yep. I related to that a lot. Yep. And and really like that story because he, he kind of finishes and wraps that story up with, um, you know, every time you think you're at the bottom, you get a shovel and you dig a little deeper. Mm. And you show up every day and you just keep saying, you know, maybe today's the day. Yeah. Maybe today's the day I turn it around. And I've said that before. I've said, I, I say it every time we go to the U.S. Open. Like, you never know, man. T- today could be the day. Yep. You just keep going. You keep trying. And I think that's probably why I look up to Max the most. Okay. Because, A, he's he's a little older. Yep. He's in his 30s. You know, I have a big thing with professional athletes of, I just, it's hard for me to think of, like, looking up to somebody if they're younger. Yep. As we're getting older now. That's a reality now. Yep. And so, you know, and so so with Max, it's just, he's one of those guys that's a little older. And I just like the way he plays the game. He's just, he's a proper golfer. He's super relatable, very down to earth. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, just became a father this oh, year, yep. which I think is as a f- freshly married man is slowly becoming my reality in, mm-hmm. in a few years. Like that's a something that's exciting but terrifying. I mean Yeah. It's it's a big deal. Like gotta be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Once that happens, that is it. Yep. You are now a father forever and you need to act as such and you know, your decisions are now they are they are something else's decisions as well, so you need to be making them with that in mind. Um, yeah, so that that's my answer. Okay. Lola, you really, sometimes you can just be laying there while we're recording a podcast, and then you just decide to get up and bother Michael. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Lola has nothing to say. He's pleading the fifth. Do you need your lawyer present? You're such a goober. <sighs> You're a good dog, Bill. All right. So that was our first question from CC. All right. Lola got me a little distracted there a second. What is your first memory of golf? Hmm. First memory. Well, I know I played before I joined the varsity team my junior year of high school. Um, we played on Drummond in kind of our scramble format. Um, first memory of golf. I guess probably my first memory of golf was I was very big into sports when I was younger. Um, my brother and I would play all different sports in the backyard. You know, football, we made up games for that. Wiffle ball was a big one in the summertime. You know, you know, baseball season, we're out there playing wiffle ball together. Um, so I guess probably the first time that I ever touched a golf club, to my knowledge, would have been when we were going through the shed and we were trying to find things. And in our, like, sports bucket, in the in the shed there was an iron a wedge and a driver and as i'm thinking about it 
those were very outdated. Like the grips were not grippy at all. Um, they weren't like wood, like they're like iron, but they were just, they were very old. But I remember Tyler and I like asking my parents, like, can we, can we use these? Can we hit these? And they're like, sure. So they put us in the front yard and our front yard when I was growing up was very open. Um, just as long as there were no cars coming because our front yard was right next to the road, mm-hmm. you know, where if you were to hit one, you know, bad through somebody's windshield, that's, that's a legitimate problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but there was really nothing for us to hit besides, you know, oncoming traffic. And so we would, um, we would set up little tiny tufts of grass. We'd kind of pinch some grass together and kind of twist it a little bit. And that's what we would use for tees so we could get the ball off the ground a little bit um, and kind of fluff it a little bit. Um, and just, just hitting these super beat golf balls and just trying to hit them as far as we could. And that was that was a lot of fun. So I'd say that's my first memory of playing golf, you know, hitting a golf ball. Yeah, I... My first memory really was probably when my grandparents, who are both gone now, um, my grandma at a yard sale bought me a set of golf clubs from the 80s, mm. like wood drivers, wood three wood, like bladed irons mm-hmm. with these terrible like leather grips on them. Oof. For three dollars, whole set and a bag. Oh, three bucks! So you can't can't beat that. Yep. And so, I learned to hit, like I learned to hit golf balls that way with okay. those clubs, and that's probably my, like my first like really like core memory of golf is that summer, kind of like the whole summer in general of mm-hmm. like my grandma going and like sitting underneath this tree at the Riverside Golf Club. Okay. Where she there was this bench underneath a tree and she would sit there and she'd like read a book and I would just smack a million golf <laughs> balls like ripping ripping gloves apart and mm-hmm. just trying to figure out any way to like just get the ball like to where I wanted it to go. Yep. You know, there was no real I mean learning to play golf was watching Tiger Woods videos and Mm-hmm. going to the range and starting to learn the physics of like face angle and stuff like that. Like, like understanding that if the face was pointed this way, the ball would go this way. Yep. Not necessarily all like the terminologies, but I understood that if I wanted the ball to go left to an extent, I needed the ball, the club face to be pointing left. Mm-hmm. Now, ironically, that's not exactly the case anymore, but mm. You know, well, no, kind of. If the club face is left, it will for sure start left. Yeah, but yep, path dictates curve. Yep. Um. Yeah, and I, I just in that was a really, really special summer. I remember only playing like actual golf, like maybe once. Okay. And hating it. Like, yep. Hitting golf balls like a million times and like going to play golf and then being like, this sucks. Like, I suck at this. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible feeling. Um, But of course, I was definitely not using stuff that was easy to hit. So I'm not really surprised I sucked. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I And, and an additional memory was 
on that range there was at this golf course there's a a, a legit like a 120 yard practice hole mm. a whole okay. hole it has a tee a green a bunker hmm. and then a fairway from tee to green so you could practice any any yardage okay wonderful i wish i would have used it more when i was growing up but yeah i was because i wasn't like a i didn't understand how golf worked and it was like intimidating Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you could just like hit wherever you wanted, yep. Or if this was like actually a hole. As I've grown up, I've realized looking back, like, oh, that was a practice hole because it was like a country club, yep. Or it was actually a former country club. It wasn't a country club when I was there anymore, but mm, okay. um, and it was like it was the only golf course in town. It wasn't that was the only one. So yep. they lived in a small town in Wisconsin. Um, but this guy on the range. Like, over by, like, the practice area, I was, like, hitting, like, shots around the greens, like, trying to practice. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes over and gives me his Vokey wedge. And he, like, shows me. He's like, so this is what you want to do. Like, if you want to hit it, like, up high, you need to, like, put the club on the ground and, like, open the face. Mm. And he gives me this, like, I was using legitimately bad wedges from, like, 20 years ago at the time. Oh. Yeah, and he's like got this like brand new Vokey wedge, and he's like shows me how to hit it and like how to hit these like little flop shots. Mm-hmm. And I remember like he showed me how to do it. I in like I my first swing executed. I hit it. I swear to God, if I remember right, I hit it like a foot crispy. And I was like, I looked at him. I'm like, oh my gosh, like thank you. Like he's like, sure, you can, you know, you can practice. I'll just I'm gonna be here a little bit. You can if you want. You can kind of do that for a little bit. And nice. I remember like falling in love with like hitting short game shots and yeah i can say that probably that interaction by itself probably led to maybe a thousand hours over the course of my golf career of like short game practice like just going to the golf course for four hours at a time doing nothing but hitting wedge shots around greens Mm -hmm. which probably the single biggest reason i excelled so quickly at mm. golf yep and now that i can like i can get it in play and i do know where my irons are gonna go or my how far to hit irons that the short game stuff has never left me yep like i've always been pretty good at that stuff probably going all the way back to that so it's hmm. that's one of my it's one of my favorite memories not my first but okay it kind of connected So what does uh, what does golf mean to you? What about it drives you? Mm. This is also from CC. Okay. Um. Hmm. Here, I'll go first. Okay. Um. So, golf to me has always been a form of like I guess self-acceptance like it is just you mm-hmm. there is no team regardless of maybe the caddying stuff but like I still hit the shots yep I I'll still contend that I, I will never say why'd you make me do that right or anything like that because I am hitting the golf shots mm-hmm. and so in that sense, one of the things from, from high school that we 
obviously went through together that I was for, for sure extremely salty and upset about it was like not playing very much mm. on the basketball team. Yep. Even though I felt like I was pretty good. Okay. Now I can looking back, I, I was good. Mm-hmm. I'm still good at basketball now. Yeah. You know, that's not something that necessarily goes away in the sense I could shoot. I, I could do a lot of the finer things that took practice. Mm-hmm. Things that if you didn't put the time in, you wouldn't be good at them. Right. As an, you know, generally for most of my life, an only child. I mean, my, my sister is 14 years younger than me. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, when I was 16, she would have been two. Yep. So at that sense of like being able to go outside and play basketball by yourself was easy. It was a summer day, like living in the country. You know, that's an easy thing to do. So mm-hmm. it led to kind of acquiring a lot of those skills of like shooting and ball handling and like being good at basketball, basketball skills. Yep. But as I've gotten older, I've definitely realized that that's not what really makes a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. And yes, in open gyms, maybe I was pretty good, but. You know, when it came down to it, you're out there trying to win games yep. as, as, as a team. And I can now see that I was probably not the best fit to excel for our team. Mm-hmm. Now, something we've talked about a lot is like in high school, I was 5'10", 175 pounds, slow, couldn't jump very high. My skill set was good. But you know what you can do? You can teach a guy that's much bigger, faster, and stronger the same skills that I acquired. Yep, yep. And with, you can't teach me to be bigger, faster, and stronger. Yep. You know, and or at least not as easily. I couldn't, I'm not going to physically grow. And nope. getting in the gym or the weight rooms, it's only going to, that's only going to provide you like so, so much. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be, so, anyways, what I'm trying to say is I have come to terms with that, and I'm it's totally fine. Like, whatever happens, happens. I've taken a lot of, like, those same things I learned practicing basketball. I've applied them to so many other aspects of my life, whether mm-hmm. it be college or golf or even my career, you know, realizing, like, when you're doing something to, like, to do it to your fullest ability, mm-hmm. like, like be detail oriented don't do something good enough do it the right way yep and so i have zero regrets but with that being said one of the things that always drove me to golf post high school like was that none of it mattered because it only was about how many times did it take you from the first tee to the 18th tee to get the ball in the hole Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how it happens as long as the ball goes in the hole in the least amount of times and every compared to everybody else means you're good. Yep. And so that's what really, that's what made me like really start playing golf post high school was like, you know, not having that coach aspect to it or the team or, you know, yeah, maybe you scored 28 points, but maybe the guy that scored 12 was way more influential in the game. And, all these different things that go into it that are very subjective, those all went out the window. Yep. 
show up to a golf tournament by yourself for for one doing a lot of that by yourself mm-hmm. you know makes you really like learn about like you just need to show up and accept yourself you are the only person there you know you have to get on the internet and sign up for these things you need to you know go to work get paid and decide do you want to spend $200 to go to the US Open qualifier mm-hmm. that is like a do you believe in yourself enough that you're not just going to waste this money essentially yeah. when you're 19 i guess and so those were like those were like definitely like it's what drives me for sure is the the like there is no it's just about a number there's no anybody saying you're good the number says if you're good mm-hmm. if you beat every single person you are good yep like for that tournament for that day you were the best mm-hmm. and i've been able to experience that one time which was really really cool and i think that's kind of the idea that keeps you going back yep i you know, I had another time where I got into a playoff and I was not the best that day. Mm-hmm. And I had another time where I felt I played so well, but I took second because somebody else played better that day. Yep. And, you know, maybe that day when I took second, I, I really do look back on that day and think like, you know, I have to accept what I did that day. Mm-hmm. Somebody else played better than you, but you did not play bad. Yep. Oh, funny. Are you thinking about the time at Moss Ridge? Who, me? Yeah. With your when second I just place? said that about second? No. No? Okay. It's funny. I realize I've done that twice. Mm-hmm. God, now I'm actually extra pissed off. Because the one time <laughs> was at Sunnybrook, and the other time was at Moss Ridge. I had to quit coming in second. That's shit. Second sucks. Third's worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out Tiger Woods. <laughs> it's a great Tiger video interview. Um, But anyways... Yeah, the one time I was at Sunnybrook and Cody Britton shot seventy to my seventy five. He just dusted us all. It was actually quite impressive. Mm. But I felt I played like a pretty good round. I mean, it was challenging golf course, and I was, mm-hmm. you know, I kept it in play and I I played well. That other time at Moss Ridge will always haunt me, making double <clears throat> on the last hole to lose by one. But yeah, we're you know it is what it is now. So. But yeah, that's uh, I guess that's what golf means to me is this self acceptance and just keep going, see how good you can be. There is no question mark. It's just what can, how good can you be? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, for me, um, one of the biggest things with golf that, um, that I enjoy about it so much is there's always room to get better, like even like say when Tiger Woods was world number one, he was still practicing. Mm-hmm. He was still working on things to get better, even though he was the number one golfer in the world. Like, Tiger, there's there's nowhere else for you to go. Like, you are at the very top. Um, You know, you're the king of the hill, and he's still practicing, working on things. And, you know, you could go out and shoot 59 tomorrow. And it's like, okay, great. Now what? Because that's the thing with golf is there's always something else, you know, whether it's being a better scramble player or, you know, working on like, well, you know, all the goals that we set for ourselves and things like that. It's just 
it's an amazing sport in the sense that you can be really, really, really good one day, and the next day you can be terrible. But you still want to go out the third day and play. Yeah. Again, you know? Yep. Just like, you know, and it's something that you can do for a long time, too. And I have no ambition to try to make it on tour. Like, I, I don't want to be on the PGA Tour, but I have a lot of fun playing and, you know, trying to trying to achieve my goals and like progressively get better over time. And that's something that, you know, I could see myself doing in the future would be like teaching my kids how to play golf and like having them experience and share all the fun memories that I've had, you know, over say it's over 20 years. And, you know, my firstborn wants to learn how to play golf. It's like, all right, yeah, let's, you know, let's go get you a real cheap set just like my dad did with me. And, you know, let's, let's get you going. So um yeah and the the thing that drives me is kind of ties into that would just be you know you can always get better there's always parts of your game that could be improved on whether it's you know around the greens or off the tee or with irons or you know anything like that and there's there's so many ways to play golf too like there's no one perfect way to hit one shot you can get creative you know somebody might hit driver off the tee somebody else might hit four iron you know it's just different ways, different strokes for different folks kind of a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or like learning how to like hit the bump and run like hybrid shot from like just off the green. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it's just such a creative and different way than just like, yeah, you take lob wedge and you just, you know, you hit a little two bounce checker, you know. kind What of about thing. that time you learned how to hit a hybrid from like, 60 yards off the green underneath that tree at whitefish (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was just you know there's just so many different ways you can play golf you don't you know just have to you know if you hit seven iron 150 yards you don't always have to just hit seven iron you know there's a lot of different ways you can play it and it's just it's a lot of fun um so yeah i think i think that's the thing that drives me the most is wanting Wanting to get better, but also looking reality in the face and being like, this isn't what I want. This isn't like the career that I want is to be like a tour player. Like I just, I just want to, you know, for me, it is a hobby. Yeah. It's something that I, I do to have fun and enjoy. And, you know, if I can get to the point where I'm good enough to like start teaching other people, like all the things that I know, like I'd get more enjoyment out of that than like playing on tour. Like sure. It'd be sick to play on tour, but at the same time, you know, I'd rather teach somebody else how to play it kind of a thing, you know? And that'd be interesting. I could, I could kind of see you being a golf golf teacher. Yeah. And Mm. I'd learn a lot from like caddying for you too. Just like, you know, like I know your skill set and what you're capable of. I don't have to teach you anything. I just have to remind you sometimes like, hey, we're not hitting this shot. We're going to hit this shot. Like, we should do that. And, of course, you're the one that swings the club, so you can always trump me. Um, But just being kind of like your your voice of reason. Yeah. Just like, hey, man, like, I don't think we should go for this green because you have to go around six trees and you have to hit this little tiny, like, three ball gap which i've seen you hit before but we're in the u.s open qualifier like you know let's let's play it safe let's i I, I always like to i always like to say in those moments like you know i'd really just like to be in the fairway all day 
Mm-hmm. Like, if we just be in the middle of every fairway, that'd be great. Because just then you don't have to make any decisions. You just have to hit the shot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I would I would probably wrap wrap my answer up with that. Is just what drives me is just getting to a point where I feel confident enough in my game where I could teach other people. Like I do it with my my dad, and my brother up on drumming. Like, hey, like you know, try this. And it's so cool when. I teach them something and they do it. They execute yeah. it and it works. It's just like when I told you hit it driver off the deck. Yeah. It's just like to see the look on their face. It's just like, you know, my brother was teeing the ball up way too high and he's popping it up in the air. It's just a simple thing, but he didn't think of it because that's where he always tees the yeah. ball up. Yeah. He's like, tee it down a little bit. And he starts hitting bombs. And I'm like, see, like you got all the swing speed that you need. You know, your club head speeds there. But you're not striking the ball, and the ball is not going to go anywhere. <laughs> Lola, you are being a, you know, Michael's having a nice answer, but we're no, we're not professionals here. We're we got a dog in the studio, and this is just this is just how it is, making all kinds of ruckus. Anyways, um, I didn't know that about you. You'd like to be. Good enough at golf to be able to teach others like how to how to play it. That that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I I wouldn't even say I want to be like a PGA professional or anything like that or like but have just lessons. Teach people who knew less than you. But yeah, people who are just like, hey, Mike, like, how do I hit this shot? Like, oh, I could show you how to hit the shot. You know, kind of a thing where like I might not be able to do that, but I can teach you how to do it because mm-hmm. I I'm understanding now of like you know, swing path. You understand like the concepts phase. in your head and the ability to articulate them. Your body just can't always execute what your brain comprehends. Exactly. Yep. yep. Which is funny because I've gotten more to the point now where I can't comprehend what my body's doing. So mm-hmm. it's It's hard for me to like explain yep. exactly how to do certain things. I mean, I get asked that. I get asked that kind of stuff far more on the range than I really care to. But like, hey man, you know, just been watching you hit like these wet shots. Like, it's a legitimately true story that I think I've told you before. But like hitting wedges at the range at Pilgrims and just the mm. dude coming over being like, hey man, I've just like been watching you hit these like wedge shots. Like, like how do you do that? Yep. And he, little did he know that I was actually really struggling, mm-hmm. and I was really struggling with like hitting shanks. Mm. And I'd hit like four in a row that were like pretty good, and I'd shank like two. Okay. And in the moment, I had to just be like, so this is what you do. And literally, I remember like over the ball being like, I just hit this literally anywhere but on like the hosel. Yep. Because it was terrifying. <laughs> but now I've gotten, I've go all the way, like completely the other side of that, where I almost always just answer, I, I really don't know. Like I, I just, just do it. And that's kind of something from from Garrett a little bit of like feeling like I was that person to Garrett watching him play golf as he was, he's always been a little better than me being like, what do you do for this kind of a thing? And he just, a lot of times is like, I don't know, man, I just, I just do it. Yep. And getting to the point now where I, I recognize that he probably does is just too, like, he doesn't want to think about it mm-hmm. as like a competitive golfer. Who's like trying to get something out of your game. It is a detriment to explain to somebody else sometimes like what you're doing if one of the things you're doing is like something that you like you even don't really know. 
You just swing the club. Like, you kind of swing the club and you feel a certain way, but, like, to articulate it to somebody is actually quite, like, complex because you got to mm-hmm. be like, well, this is what I do. And, well, then I'm, I'm thinking, like, like, the whole draw versus fade thing. Like, yep. well, I don't want to be like, I know I'm never going to get the nine right, so then, like, I'm never going to miss it 60 yards left. I might hit it 20 yards left, but I'm not going to miss it 60 yards left. But if I go, like, if I hit a fade – and then I accidentally one time go from like two left to like 12 left on mm-hmm. accident because it's a lot easier to do. Well, then my 10 yard cut turned into like a 60 yard slice. And then like you just start doing that. And when it's like people you don't really know, you just, it gets in your head and then you just, it's a kind of a, kind of a rabbit hole, honestly. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it would be, but with golf being such this like a mental game, mm-hmm. like like one time I took a putting lesson from this from Ferris's head coach. Mm, okay, explaining to me that like I shouldn't putt the way I, I should. And I'm like, okay, so what should I do? Uh, he legitimately messed my putting up for like a year and a half mm. because I just I never could get the magic back from when I because I had only ever putted just I just putted I put the ball in the hole. Yep, I didn't really think much about it. I just putted the ball in the hole and i was a great putter i don't know if i've ever been as good a putter as i was then still really? to this day okay even to this day i still probably struggle i probably make less putts than i did then mm-hmm. in, a, in a way just now they're a lot more often they're for birdie and par not par and bogey like mm-hmm. they were back in the day um but you know he just tried to explain something to me and i just i tried it and i did it and i've always been very good at doing what people say because i have a lot of body good body control but he legitimately like i just i never got that quite back and so now i won't even talk about my putting i just never like how's your like my if you ask me how my putting is it's like oh it's fine like it's good Mm -hmm. i'm just there is no thoughts there are no nothing but ball go in hole yep because as soon as you start getting a little i'll i'll go as far to i'll mess around with my setup but that's literally it if if something's wrong with my putting, I'll usually just go to my setup and be like, "Oh, it's probably this." Yep. And then change that, and then hopefully it just starts putting well again. But um, yeah, I think CC wants us to get into our feelings a little bit mm. because her next question is, "What has golf done for our friendship?" Hmm. I I'd sick. Probably quite a bit. I, I would agree. Um, I'd I'd say that we've definitely had a lot more experiences with the two of us. Um, that had golf not be. That was really broken English. Um, if golf wasn't so prevalent in our lives, of just like especially you, because in the beginning I was just, you know, wasn't so so hot on golf like i wanted to go out and play but i never thought you know two three years ago that i'd be like on a podcast talking about golf with you you know and just like feeling confident in my in my answers and my ability to play golf and you know it's just it's really cool going and playing with people that you don't normally play with and they're just like wow like getting the odds and just like I'm like, really? Like you're awing at my shot that I just I missed like ten yards 
because I was trying to hit this and I hit this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just just new experiences, you know, meeting new people. Like I've met tons of new people playing golf, you know, with you and, you know, just by myself and, um, you know, being able to experience some things that I, I wouldn't have had I not been playing golf with you, like going to Pilgrims, like, I don't know, like three years ago, it's like playing at Pilgrims. That's, that's like, I, I'll never forget, you know, like you're wearing a Pilgrims run sweatshirt now, yes, right. Yes, as, as we're doing this and yep. we've gone, we make it a point to try to go play once or twice a year, mm-hmm. you know? not in the scramble, not in the scramble, like, mm-hmm. you know, all, because it is, it is pricey. Yep. And so we, we can't necessarily afford to go all the time. I'll never forget the first time I said, let's go play. And you're like, oh, that just seems so overpriced. Like, that's just so expensive. Uh-huh. Like, $34 for nine holes. Like, we could just go to Whitefish and play 18 for 36. Right. Like, legitimately, uh, that's a direct quote from our text messages. Yep. And here we are now. It's your favorite golf course in the world. Mm-hmm. It's your home of golf. Yep. It's the golf course you compare all golf courses to. Yeah. I mean... That's just that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's my north star of golf and um you know just just being able to like play on tour. Like I would have never played on a Golf, golf Week tour. Am Tour. Golf Week Am Tour. Yep, just to make sure the <laughs> record show. Knows. Um yeah, just like just like playing on tour and like making myself uncomfortable a little bit of like, you know, well just go out there and see what you shoot. Like so what you shoot 125. Who cares? Like yeah. You're probably still going to be Bob Smith. <laughs> so, you know, Bob Smith with a ricochet shot. Shout, shout out to Bob Smith. That that guy builds my confidence and he I've never even met Bob. He's, Smith he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um a veteran. Oh, a good guy. Oh. Respect to him for that. Um but yeah, just just all the experiences that we've gone through and like we're like planning you know, in the future to like go to these like golf things where like we're making a day trip to go up to like Kalkaska and, you know, places up north to go play together and like going to play Drummond. Like that's that's on our radar now to go play the little course, which we mentioned in the other podcast yeah. episode. So we won't go too in depth with that, but um, just all these different things that, you know, experiences and new courses and going to new cities and like just just sitting down and having breakfast before we go play a, you know, go play a course. Yeah, um, like that time we went to that little diner. Yeah. Out in, uh, where was that, Plainwell? Before we went to uh, one of the Stoughton Bray Resort courses with my uncle and grandpa. Yeah, yeah. that was a great time. Yeah, just like I'd, I'd have no reason to go to Plainwell or yeah. no reason to go to that diner specifically, but, you know, that that's where we chose to go and, you know, good memories and experiences and yeah i would say definitely it gets me out in the world because i'm not a worldly person i don't really you know explore new places so golf's definitely opened that up quite a bit i would say yeah yeah and i you know just to probably thinking of it as you as you're talking like you know for our friendship specifically like you know, I probably appreciate a lot of these things now a lot more that we do them together. Yep. Because there was parts of me that struggling in golf tournaments and just sucking. It was extremely lonely. Yeah. And there was, like, there's just, like, dude, like, this sucks. Like, 
I'm not having a good time anymore. Like mm-hmm. I'm really, really getting sick of shooting 84 in these things. Like and then driving two hours home and just feeling like you not wasted a day, but it just, it, I, I just didn't appreciate it. I, I didn't yeah. appreciate it in, in doing a lot of these things with you and like hearing from your perspective, like, how cool certain things are that I'm doing that you're coming with me to do is mm-hmm. like, I would never think that, but hearing you say it as somebody who like, I trust and respect, like, I just think it's, you know, that's, it's done a lot. I mean, it's helped me appreciate everything that I do more Yeah, because I've been doing it with you and, you know, all those kinds of things. Sure. Yeah. And that leads me to the next question from Cece. It kind of goes along with, you know, what golf has done for your friendship. One of our other questions is, how does your experience playing basketball together in high school compare to your golfing relationship now? Mm, okay. That's a good question. Um, I think that our relationship in high school with basketball um, is actually something I thought about pretty recently. Cause that was in the, like my story of my life book, yeah. the, like the writing yeah. prompt book. Um, and I talked about that in one of the, one of the paragraphs writing about just like us playing basketball all the time together, like getting up early to get to school before school started to like play basketball, play one-on-one two V two. If other people were there, you know, practice, things like that. Just like literally just shoot a basketball. You know, I was, that was fun. So I would say that's, you know, we were 16, 17 years, years old then. You know, now 10 years has gone by. We're 26, 27 years old now. And, um, but it's, it's still exciting. Like golf is definitely, it's definitely with the memes of like, you know, I struggle to get up at eight o'clock to go to work, but seven o'clock tea time, <laughs> no problem. I'm up at five 30. I'm excited, ready to go. Um, so, and then it was kind of the same with school and basketball too. Like getting to school early, you know, to go play basketball was a lot more exciting than just waking up and just going to school. Um, so that aspect of it, I would say is pretty similar in line. Um, and also in, in basketball, like we went to like camps and things like that yeah. together. Yeah, we did. You know, I forget that we did that kind of stuff sometimes. Yeah, like we went to CMU basketball camp, and like that was that was a lot of fun. And it was kind of like an adult experience, but still being in high school of like we're out on our own. Yeah, yeah, we're, we were. I know. drove up there in the in the black car. Yep, yep, the old Infinity. Um, so yeah, I mean, we had our own experience. Like we went to the gas station and we bought like our own like snacks and stuff for the weekend and yeah you know that that was a lot of fun and we do that now too with uh with golf you know make a quick trip to the gas station and grab stuff before we before we go out and or afterwards or you know kind of along the similar lines so um and it's competitive too you know we can compete against each other or you know play with each other too like if we do a two-man scramble just practicing by ourselves or yeah. You know, something like that's comparable to like a 2v2. 
where like you and I were always on the same team, two v two in high school. You know, Kobe and Powell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you know, in in high school, you were you were the scorer, and I was you know pretty much everything else. Like yeah. I was, I was grabbing rebounds and setting picks and stuff like that, and like in in scrambles and stuff like that. You're you're the one that scores. You're the one making the birdies. I'm just like helping us along the way, keeping us in play, you know, trying to get my approach shot on the green so you can pin seek. Um, and then like showing you the line for the putt too. Yeah. You know, which I had no problem with, but the record show, <laughs> <laughs> the record show. Um, you know, what's funny as you were saying that I was, it reminded me of my memory. I, I, I cannot believe that at like, 16 17 18 years old whatever it was like convince the morning janitor that i could like go in there and he'd give me the key to get in the gym get in the ball closet put the hoops down all in like i'd show up at i don't know 6 a.m and just eventually it was it started with uh like can you do it for me and he would go and do it and then he would slowly and surely he would then he would know i was going to be there and then he would here here's the key and just give me the whole set of keys for the <laughs> whole school you know which one's there right yep yep and then you know bring them back and i was always i mean i never took advantage of that or anything but no i always I think that's an interesting thing i probably took for for granted a little bit you know at 17 just being able to convince somebody to give me that much, maybe pretend power, but like it's not like I could actually do anything because they would know who it was. But yeah, and you know your charismatic self, you know, just like convincing an adult with legitimate power in the school, like he holds the key to. Literally, he was like the head everything. janitor. He was like he retired our senior year. He was like old. He'd been there. Yeah, he'd been doing it. Yeah, and um, you you convinced him to like give you the keys, like all the keys. Like you only just wanted like what two keys? Like for yeah, it was the, probably two. Two keys, and I mean, he just gave you the whole ring. You're like here you go. Like thank thank you. <laughs> I know it was a surreal experience, honestly. Just just so much power in that, and you know, didn't take advantage of it. Same thing, you know, some of the perks we have for being uh, like members at Glen, like we definitely, we don't seek out special treatment, but sometimes we do just cause like we, we help the course out and we give them suggestions and ideas and, you know, we keep the course nice. We always replace our divots and our ball marks and, you know, try to keep it. When I walk by myself, I'll pick up trash. That's like just kind of, Hey out. man, karma goes a long way. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, that's our course. Keep it nice. You know? You know, the, the energy you put out into the world is generally what you're going to get back. So, yep. yep. He's going there with a, you know, you don't get much flack when you just walk in every day and you're just really nice to everybody. Everybody's like, oh, you guys are going to play golf? Like, yeah. Yes, we would like to, please. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah, course <laughs> is totally open. Like, sweet. <laughs> Great. Um, But, yeah, I, yeah, I'm glad you talked about the, the, the scoring and the, you know these different types of things about the golf versus basketball because it's i definitely didn't want to talk about it but 
I will let you talk about it because it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll you'll let me toot your horn. Yeah, I hate. I mean, it's a reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, a lot of that, like, look, we go shoot seven, eight under in a two man scramble. I clearly could not do that by myself. So mm-hmm. like, you, you're, you're a large part of that. But yeah, yeah, I definitely say there are some some very direct comparisons you could make between high school Michael and Tyler playing mm-hmm. basketball and adult Tyler and Michael playing golf. Yeah, and it's that's that was a great question cuz I I've never like compared the two or ever thought about yeah, it. Yeah, me like, either. Yeah, I mean we were doing the same thing 10 years ago in high school playing basketball, but mm-hmm. like, you know, that's so that, that was cool. That was a good question. That was a wonderful question. Um it actually kind of transition into this next question um which is where do you see yourself in golf in five years and 10 years? Ooh. Now, I'm going to let the record show. I know for a fact Michael has not thought this far ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. Um, yeah, so I guess in, in five years, I'd certainly like to have a single-digit handicap. I'd like the record to show that like I've probably not really thought about it either. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, that would put me five years. It'd be thirty-one. If if we're looking at it exactly five years, um. So yeah, that's um. I <laughs> let's see. It might be a little easier for me. Like I guess. Well, maybe for you too, because you you caddy. But like, yep. I guess in five years, I'd like to look back and say I I've made it out of local qualifying one time. Mm, okay. Um, I would, if the schedule allows, and the point like it can work out. I would like to win the Golf Week Am Michigan West side of it. Like the, points? I'd like to lead the points thing. Okay, for for a season one time, I have to play a lot more. I have to play a lot. I guess I don't have to say I want to play a lot better. I don't typically play that bad in those like. No. I have actually come to kind of figure it out a little bit. As far as Golf Week AM Tour stuff goes, you ride in carts, pet setups are usually not as hard as, I don't want to say as hard, but like. They're not U.S. Open qualifiers. They're not U.S. Open qualifiers, and it's not like the West Michigan Golf Association stuff where, like, they're played at the same golf courses like Kaufman. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't play particularly well at Kaufman. Um, and then. Well, so we play usually for the West Michigan Am stuff. A Thousand Oaks, I Thousand Oaks is a is a good golf course, but I haven't played it recently. And mm-hmm. anyways, the the point is, is like you get there, you ride in carts. Usually, playing with the same people you've known for a few years, and everybody's shooting. You know, every guys on a good day are shooting low seventies to mid seventies, and the guys that are playing bad shooting high seventies, maybe in the eighties. Yep. And in that sense, it is less competitive because it's only maybe 12 guys mm-hmm. in your flight. There's like 100 guys total, but I'm not playing as 100. Yep. Although I do try to make a point to always beat everybody, beat everybody not just like sometimes the A-flight guys are like mm-hmm. shooting like 200 par, yeah. which don't even get me started. <laughs> Some sandbaggers out there. Mm-hmm. Like reported and like heard people say like, I don't want to be too good. Because I can make more money in A flight. 
Yep. So let's just let the record show that that's a reality. But um, yeah, I'd like to because it's less serious in a sense. I do like that as a goal because mm-hmm. I, I just enjoy going to play those. They're yep. very fun. It's and a lot of times it's usually picked between West Michigan Golf Association stuff and Golf Week AM Tour stuff because they're generally on the same days. Mm-hmm. But if we can both go next year to more of them, you know, with a if you're not working as many Saturdays, yeah, it could be could work out well. Could see yeah. that and maybe put a few rounds together and lead the Michigan West side. I'd like that'd be a good five year goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I'm taking the question more literally, what do I like? Where do I see myself as like a golfer in mm-hmm. five years? I'm gonna be honest. I probably think I'm gonna be like I'm gonna hit it shorter. I'll probably be very similar because mm-hmm. I'm just not quite sure what more I'm going to do. Your fundamentals won't change. If anything, they'll get better. But just, you know, as we grow older. Yeah, maybe a golfer that's played more golf courses for fun. Yeah. Like as like an experience instead of a sport, mm-hmm. which I've started to do more. But But again, I also at the same time, like we have talked about this, like there is a level of like, Playing golf to play golf is fine, but playing competitive golf is, if you can play like a new course and be competitive at it at the same time, Hmm. that's where like you're really, that's the good stuff right there. What about you? You, uh, five years from now. Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like to hold a, you know, single digit handicap. I think, you know, like you said, we'll probably be hitting the ball a little bit shorter and um, you might but not. Though. I might not. Because you might not. I might get my swing figured out, find the middle of the club face more often, um, and kind of grow into golf a little bit more. Because you know, as I previously mentioned in other podcasts, I've you know only been playing golf seriously for the past two years, so mm-hmm. I'm still figuring a lot of things out. Um, I think in five years I'll certainly have a couple chip-ins. I hope. I that, hope that to goal God is you still do. Not lingering. <laughs> over my head um and then yeah if i could do more golf and uh tournaments things like that that'd be that'd be a lot of fun i'd like to i'd like to win one you know that'd be cool playing in d or c flight i mean it's it's certainly there i just have to put it all together like pilgrims when i took third you know it's just that's a very cool feeling just mm-hmm. like Knowing you're like in the hunt, you're not just like, eh, you know, I looked at the scores on hole 12 and, you know, I'm like eight strokes back. Like I got to find a bunch of strokes quickly or I'm rooting against somebody to start failing. Um, I root so hard for people to fail yeah. when I play against them in competitive golf. Um, I try, I try not to, but it's, it's almost hard not to. Cause it's like, well, one of two things needs to happen. I need to go like, Tiger Woods mode and just go crazy, start like making birdies and stuff. Or the other guy's gonna have to like really blow up, like have an absolute like worst five hole stretch of his life, like lose balls every time he hits off the tee. Yeah, like finds the bunker, can't get out. <laughs> I, I mean, like that. I definitely would say I 
generally if it's people I know, it's, you know, root against them just enough to lose, but not to like be discouraged or like upset. Yeah. You know, a, a happy medium. Like Josh. Yeah. I, gosh, that one time I almost got him. I almost got him that one time. Mm-hmm. What was it? Five stroke back, five strokes back and four holes. Yeah. Beat me by one on the mm-hmm. last hole. God, it was so good. I hit such a good shot into that 18th that I guess it was a par three. Mm. Like eight iron from like 190 because it was so firm and so downwind. That was that one day at Egypt Valley. It was like 45 and mm. 20, 25 mile an hour winds. Yeah, the wind was. For a D slider, <laughs> that wind's tough no matter what it's doing. Even if it's it was, downwind, that's. That was one of the. I was actually really proud of that round of golf. I think ended up shooting like 77 to Josh's 76. I mean, it was. Turned it around at the end. Yeah. Made some things happen. Birdied the last hole to put some pressure on him. He had to make like a three footer to mm-hmm. win. Yep. If he would have missed it, we went into a playoff and having come back from five strokes down, I, I like my odds. And uh, yeah, there's a. Uh, you know, there's no gimmies. No, there's not. Golf Weekend's got to see it. <laughs> the Golf Weekend Tour does have to see it for sure. <laughs> so, I, I remember one time um, they're standing on the green and somebody putted to like two inches, like a lag putt. Mm-hmm. Somebody in our group being funny guy. That's good. And they're like, hey, thanks, man. Taps it in. I was like, that's kind of funny. It's just like we all know the rules. Like it, yeah. the ball has to go in the hole. But it's just like. Two inches, you're not gonna miss. Like, you'd have to top the ball. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, I could still rolls in. <laughs> I could see, I could see a scenario where like, like you'd have gimmies in competitive golf. Yep. Like if it's inside a certain like something, I don't mm-hmm. know what, but especially because like we got hit with a uh, a time penalty. Because we were playing too slow. Yeah, that's right. It was like, Michelle, like, inside two feet, can we just give everybody the putts? Because, like, we got to go through the whole song and dance. So, like, you know, you got to line up your putt and you got to hit it. And, like, we're all going to make it. Like, we're, yeah, I know we're in deflate, but, like, come on. Although I did see Yoshi one time miss, miss like, a six-inch putt. Really? In Golf Week Game Tour at Hawk Hollow in, like, 2017. Hmm. Like, it was so bad. I've done it. Yeah. Mm, not a six inch, but I missed like a one footer. Yep. No, Yoshi's was legitimately like six inches. I mean, it was probably less than that. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing. Um, yeah, that's a, uh, that's tough. That's tough for anybody. I don't care who you are. Oh, he's such a nice guy too. Like, yeah. I really like Yoshi. He's such a good guy. I just like, I saw him just like, it's actually the first time I ever met him, but, I've known him now for years, and I mean, mm. he's a wonderful guy. I mean, really is. And uh, you just, it feels bad. Feels bad. Um, Yeah, 10 years, I, I really don't know. As a golfer, like, have had one more hole in one, that'd be cool. Yeah. 10 years is a long time. I mean, 120 months. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of golf to be played. Yeah. You get to play six months out of the year. And especially if you move too, you know you're yeah you're in a southern state where you get to play year round. Yeah, that's true too. You get to play twelve months out of the year. I mean, 
And that's potentially, you know, 30 rounds a year, move to another state, it's 40, maybe mm-hmm. 50, call it 40 on average. Yep. I mean, that's, you're in the hundreds of rounds of golf. Mm-hmm. You have to think there's one hole in one somewhere in there. Yeah. Especially if you're playing at Glen with six par threes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I know it's like the thing where people just never have one, but maybe they also don't play that much golf. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they might play two rounds a year. Yeah. You know, on a good year. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't really know how often they really happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I do think about this. Like, at Glenn, like, you have legitimately six chances. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of names on the wall at Glen too. Like, yeah, that's true. Every time I I pass by it, I look and I'm like, there's just there's so many names, but also there's six par threes. So every time somebody plays 18 holes there, they have six opportunities to make a hole in one. Which I like pilgrims. There's only three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's literally twice as many opportunities. Yep. Every time you play. So. Yeah, I, I I really don't know. Um, gosh, I mean, anything else in ten years? I it's a good question, but as I'm like responding to the question, I guess I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I really have no idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to predict. You know what life's gonna look like in ten years, or even even five years. You know, so it's you know it's hard to. It's hard to predict. Especially with something that seems kind of uncontrollable. Yeah. To a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, I do love golf, but as, like, becoming a father becomes more of a reality, being a husband, like, having a career, two careers, I mean, there's there's going to be a point where you're going to have to make sacrifices. Yeah. And golf does keep you out of the house a lot. Mm-hmm. It can. And I'm certainly not gonna, not going to, you know, prioritize going to a golf tournament when I could be going to my son's t-ball game. Right. Yeah. You know, if it's ten years from now. Yeah, you can't put life on hold for a round of golf. No, I. I mean, especially now we're getting to play so much golf now. Right. I, I think that would that'd be maybe the thing is I'd probably prioritize it way more the next five years than I would over the next 10. Mm-hmm. So in 10 years, I, I guess to actually answer the question as, as a golfer, I'd probably see myself playing less golf. Yeah. Unless golf became my job, mm. which, I mean, I'm just, I haven't shown myself that I have the potential for that. I do just really enjoy going to the things we do now. Yep. I mean, I'm very content with that. You know, had had some things been maybe different in the past, you know, maybe I could have thought about it differently, but mm-hmm. I guess maybe in 10 years, I'd still hope to be able to have a low enough handicap to try to qualify for the U.S. Open. Yeah. I've been on record to say I will go every time until they tell me I can't. Mm-hmm. So just because I think it's a fun experience, it's yeah, it's more about the experience than it is and like just the opportunity to do it rather than like get through. I mean, 
hopefully someday, but I'm not going to like, you know, it's the kind of thing as you do make it through, it's not going to like change my life. And in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still going to be Tyler. I'm still going to next, the next day, I'm still going to have to go do my IT job. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm just going to all of a sudden, ooh, this, now I'm a golfer. Yep. Like, no, I'm going to probably still need to go to a TaylorMade event on the next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going <laughs> to, you know, going to have to do these same things. I'm going to have to come home that night and do the dishes. Yep. Like that's just, that's how life works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something fun that I'm going to be, hopefully be doing. So, um, you think that really, that wraps that one up for you? You have anything to add? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think, um, I think I'm pretty content with my answer. Good. Just not sure. <laughs> yeah. Which and there's, there's there's a beauty to that. Yep. Okay. What is your least favorite thing about golf? Mm. My answer might for this might be kind of cheesy. I think mine in the current <clears throat> world of golf would be um, how popular it is. Oh, that's actually a good answer. Because it, it's it's hard sometimes knowing that like on any given Tuesday, course might be packed for no reason. Like like last year, like I had Mondays and Tuesdays off during the week. It's just like that's great. That's prime time. Like everybody is at work. Like people that work four days a week. It's like Monday through Thursday. You know, it's just you know. It's so popular now. Everything's more expensive. Everything's a lot more crunched. Um, Like even on like not traditionally busy days for a golf course, it's still, it's not dead. There's still cars in the parking lot. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing we say all the time, right? Is, oh, does nobody work anymore? Mm -hmm. Like we think we're going to get there and just hop right on the tee and sprint through 18 holes in like three hours or less. Mm -hmm. And it, it's Monday afternoon. It takes like four. Yep. And I guess I'm not trying to like speed up my experience, but I guess as something that takes a long time to get to Glen and having other things to do. Right. Like I don't want to necessarily spend my whole day at the golf course. You'd rather work. Well, not work, but you'd rather golf at your own pace. Where it's like, if you and I are pretty quick golfers, like, I don't shoot in the hundreds anymore, so I'm not, like, slowing us down in terms of strokes, you know. You don't don't lose many golf balls, and Glenn's relatively open. mm -hmm. I mean, I've played 18 holes there in an hour and 20 minutes or so, or whatever it was that one day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is that kind of a golf course, and so. You know, and this sounds this sounds terrible because honestly, like we are just very fortunate to be able to go on like a Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like I I recognize that, but when you're you're just trying to accomplish a task, like you just you just want to do it the way like it's something we do all the time, mm-hmm. and so when it becomes like not knowing. If you're going to be able to just get out there and play or if it's going to be super busy, like it kind of, it's like, eh, or leagues, leagues in the summer being like, well, if we're going to go, we need to get there before like one. Yep. And then if we don't, like we're apt to contend with the leagues and, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's fine, but that's a, it's a good answer. I, I, mm, 
it's not going to be my answer because although it might be mm-hmm. my least favorite thing, I'll pick a different thing. But it might come off as a little bit like you know, like oh well, why wouldn't you want your sports to be more popular? That's good, right? It's like well, yeah, but this sports can be costly. Um, I think because we probably we experienced it before the golf boom. Yep, when you could just almost show up to any golf course and just get on and just play. Yeah, within 30 minutes. Like, you know, if you get there and somebody's just teeing off, it's like, oh, that's okay. I'll go roll some putts or I'll chip mm-hmm. or, you know, I'll hit a bucket of range balls really quick and everything's totally fine. Like when I used to golf at Whitefish all the time, like I golf 36, 45 holes a day uninterrupted. Yep. No one ever really get in my way. 90% of the time. Yeah, like when Tyler and I would go play Twilight, we could whip through 18 holes and then we'd get extra. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, we could probably go play one, two, and three one more time. Just like it's twilight. You just get in as much golf as you can before the sun sets. And yep. if nobody's in front of you, like just go. Yeah, I, I'm going to. I said earlier my answer would probably be cheesy. Because I guess I looked at the question as what is like. My, like, so what is your least favorite thing about golf? So like. I like yours, and it's probably my answer, mm-hmm. but I'll take it a little more literally, and like in the sense of like my least favorite, like about my golfing experience, mm-hmm. not necessarily like going golfing. Why I says gonna think it's gonna be a little cheesy is because like honestly, my answer might be nothing. Yeah, like I don't know, like golf's fun. It is. Yeah. Like as of right now, golf is relatively easy. Don't lose many golf balls. Mm-hmm. Taylor made stuff's a great opportunity. Like I did, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunities I do playing the golf courses I play and getting the equipment that I do get and are able to use. And in that sense, like if I'm thinking about like what do I what do I go to the golf course and like not like besides like outside external factors, mm-hmm. like nothing, hmm. like. Everything about golf makes me happy. Yeah. Maybe I have a bad day every now and again, but like, who knows? Could just be having a bad day. Mm -hmm. I have bad days. Yep. Everybody has bad days. But golf is generally not the reason I'm upset about anything. Mm -hmm. And yes, we talked about like the idea that golf is too popular and it's hard to get on a golf course and you have to wait and whatever. Like, yeah, but it's really still not that bad. No. Like, yeah, it does suck, but it's not like the worst thing in the world. Right. Yep. So anyways, um that's kinda weird. I could have sworn my phone just told me it had low battery, but it's at thirty percent. Hmm. Instead of twenty. That's interesting. Anyways. Well, didn't it say undo typing? Just now? Was that what the pop-up was? Maybe that's what it said. Yeah. I I just hit cancel. As an IT manager, I should, like, be more aware of what's on my screen before I click it. What, your warnings? Yeah, I'm always not hollering at people that don't do that, but it's Mm. definitely something that happens that's annoying. Um, I think this is is the last question. If you had to play your last round of golf ever, Ever, where would it be at 
and why. And you know what? I'm going to add in, who would it be with? Mm. Any course in the world? Um, yeah, just your last golf. Like, not to be more, but kind of like a last meal kind of an idea. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Maybe it's, you know, just in a hype. It's a hypothetical question. So in a hypothetical world, it's just like, yeah, like you will no longer have the ability to play golf ever again. So like pick somewhere where, you know, they're going to play 18 holes and that's going to be it. Okay. Um, there's three that come to mind. Three okay. courses. Okay. Um, the old course, St. Andrews. Of course. Of course. Um, Augusta National, of course, of course, because it's just you know, it's Augusta. Yep. Um, and not too many people get the opportunity to play there, and there's a lot of history there. But the third one would probably be Pilgrims. Okay. Just you know, that's just that is like my. I mean, I'm wearing the sweatshirt. <laughs> that's yeah. like that's my favorite course, and you know, I might I might get to experience the the old course or Augusta or you know, Pebble Beach or all these like super like, you know, historical courses. And, you know, at the end of the day, they still might not be Pilgrim's Run just because Pilgrim's Run is like, that's accessible. What's funny it's about Pilgrim's Run is that like, <laughs> let alone it being like 10 minutes from like where we live, mm-hmm. it's legitimately a world like it's a, it's a nation, like it's a nationally recognized golf course. Yeah. Like it's. It's won plenty of awards, and it is, it is very, very good. People, it is. It's not like a, oh, it's our home home course, so you like it. Like it's legitimately a good course. Yeah. Like people, what was it last year? I heard a group of like sixteen people or something for like some sort of trip from New Jersey were coming out to like play Pilgrims. Really? Like that was where they were going to mm-hmm. go to Pilgrims. And it's like it's in the middle of nowhere, like. Lodging, if you're gonna like an out of state trip to go to Pilgrim's Run, like you have to find lodging at like, you know, Grand Rapids. Well, luckily they put that holiday in in Cedar. In Cedar, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's you know that's an alternative. And Grand Rapids is a great city for what it is. It's a small, big town. So like, if you're wonderful city with like sixteen, fifteen other people, like put me as one of the sixteen, like. Grand Rapids, that's a, that's, that's a great time. Like, there's plenty to do, but it's not overwhelming, like, going to, like, a Los Angeles or New York or <clears> Chicago. <throat> it's just, like, you know, you can get around Grand Rapids pretty easily. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, It's, you know, it's a, it's a nice, it's nice that we have that. Well, it's it's very sprawling. Yeah. Like, it, it is not, qu- it's not quite condensed yet. Nope. It's you know, you can get to different parts of Grand Rapids fairly easily, and they all, you know, offer a lot of nice different things. Mm-hmm. You know, East Town, you can go for, like, the food or go over to the Medical Mile and see a lot of inf- infrastructure and a lot of the downtown, like, restaurants and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And you go across the river, go to more of a residential, kind of maybe smaller town vibes, but it's still Grand Rapids. I mean, it's, you know, and it's only... It's only 20 minutes north of the casino. Yeah. Really? So, no, that's a, you, you got to pick one. What's, what is your last course ever? Okay. Um, to, to totally fulfill my question, 
I'm going to ask the other part of the question that you brought up, which would be with who? Okay. Does it have to be somebody that I've met before? No, anybody. Anybody in the world. It can be up to a foursome. Okay. So three other people or, you know, you can maybe if two people don't get along, like if you really want to go off with somebody like, you know, you you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a foursome. Yep. It certainly could be. Okay. Um, I think I would, I think I would pick the old course. Okay. And I would certainly have a foursome. I'd get as many people there as I could. Okay. Um, you yep. would be with me. Okay. Um, Tiger Woods okay. would also be in attendance. He'd okay. be playing. He could show us around the course. Yeah, give us that's pointers. true. Um, and then, cause I probably wouldn't have known Tiger Woods' name. When I was growing up without my dad, so my dad would be the fourth. Okay. I'd bring my dad with me because it's like he's not a traveler. Um, I think he'd enjoy that experience a lot. I think your dad would really enjoy like Great Britain. Yeah. In a weird way. It, as I can patriotic see him, as he is. I, <laughs> I could see him really like thriving in the town of St. Andrews. Yeah. You know? And he he can... When I whenever I've gone on trips with him, he can appreciate everything going on. It's not just like, well, I just want to check out the sites, or I'm just here to do this. Like he's taking it all in. He gets up early. We'll stay up late. He looks at brochures and pamphlets and mm. stuff like that. Like he's very invested in spending as much time as he can, like learning and like experiencing new things. Um. So yeah, I think the fourth would be my dad for sure like just to be able to have him and tiger woods together like my dad loved tiger woods um really loved tiger woods like growing up like i believe now yeah i don't want to get too into the weeds here but that kind of surprises me about your dad really well as somebody who hates tom brady yeah yep <laughs> but is a giant michigan fan yep well i like i said we don't need to get into it we don't need to air the dirty laundry yeah. For, for everybody to hear, but yeah, it's an interesting concept that he loves Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, hates the Yankees. No, he loves the. Yankees. No, that's right. He loves the Yankees and the Cowboys. Now, what's what? Which ones he hate? Alabama football. Oh yeah, see, I don't know. I just feel like if you're gonna like all the, you should just like all the dynasties. I don't know why he's handpicking them. <laughs> I, don't I just, I just don't understand. Hey, he likes what he likes. So, um, but yeah, I mean. Growing up, we played a lot of, you know, Tiger Woods, PGA, um, video games and like unlocking all this stuff. And like we were Tiger Woods and it was like a big deal. And my dad would watch all the major, um, all the, I guess the majors, yeah. not the major golf yeah, nope. tournaments, but the majors, um, always rooting for Tiger and it's just, yeah, it just loves Tiger. So I think to have those two together and then of course you and I can entertain ourselves and we're also in the I'm company. sure I'd be plenty entertained with Tiger Woods and your dad. Yeah. I love your dad. He just, just I, I could, I could see myself really hanging out with Big Mike. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't be like a, like, well, I'm like bringing this guy along because like he's good at golf. Like my dad doesn't golf much. Yeah. But he'd be a great hang. Yep. Just four dudes just, just chilling in St. Andrews. And plus Tiger Woods being there, we're going to get to go literally anywhere we want. To, yeah. You know. In that day of like we're playing at the old course, and then like we're probably gonna experience St. Andrews, 
um it's not my last day on earth it's just my no, last yeah. round of golf last round of golf yep um so i mean yeah that'd be that'd be mega <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really that a rick cool. shields thing yep <laughs> um that's pretty good so yeah that would be that would be pretty cool so yeah that would be my uh, hmm. that'd be my last last round of golf i i love that answer and you know what's funny is i was you know i was listening but also thinking mm-hmm. i still don't know yep after after all this time you know thinking about it i still i i you know i have a prop so it's like this thing you know like when you get a gift card mm-hmm. for like christmas or whatever and it's like fifty dollars yep and you're like trying to pick like the perfect thing to get mm-hmm. now do you get like you know, two things that cost twenty five. Do you get something that cost fifty? There's like multiple things that cost fifty. Like you gotta pick one. Like you don't want to be disappointed with one because you wish you got the other. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was like such a thing when you're like fourteen. Or like, or like iTunes, cards. iTunes cards. Like how much? How much do you really like that song? Mm-hmm. Like it enough? Yeah. Like it enough to spend a dollar twenty nine. Remember when they were a dollar? Yeah, ninety nine cents. Sometimes like, they were sixty nine cents. Like if you bought this song for a dollar means you're not going to be able to buy another song maybe mm-hmm. do you like it that much or you you're going to regret it yeah because then you're going to hear another song and you're going to be like well shoot i wish i bought about that song instead <laughs> but i used the last 99 cents on my card yep see so, so that's kind of where i fall okay is like you don't want to pick the wrong one i just i just don't know like for one okay so st andrews in this in the sense that like I don't know. I feel like I'd want to play it again. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, well, nope, that was it. Yep. If I never play it, then you'll never know. I'll never know. Mm-hmm. Where I do think, like, like Augusta, I think I probably play it once and be like, well, that was done. sick. Yeah. Like if I never played this again, I would be sad. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not. It is what it is. I think Lynx golf to me gets kind of like the idea of. Um, I do think I'd really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I do. So, I, I wouldn't pick Pebble. I wouldn't pick like that kind of a golf course. Mm, there is definitely something along the lines of like, Chambers Bay out in uh, Washington State, I think it is. Mm, okay. That, like, I think about it. I've seen it on TV when they played there in the U.S. or the, yeah, the U.S. Open 2015. Um, Like, kind of linksy, kind of not. Very interesting. It's got, like, a really, like, unique look to it. Mm. And I just, I've heard really good things about it. I one of those golf courses, like, I think about, like, I, I, I'd want to go there. Yeah. But then I also hear the same things about, like, Bandon Dunes. Mm. You know, like, that all those courses. Sylvie's Ranch. Where apparently they have, like, donkeys that are your caddies. Like, <laughs> so, see, it's, it's like a, what's that, a paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Like, my heart doesn't really point me to any of them. Okay. And it's my last round of golf. Like, my last one. Yep. Gosh, should I just say, like, the fish? 
No, you definitely don't say the fish. <laughs> Finish it where I started it. Uh, okay. Well, there, there's some, there's some beauty to that. Certainly. You know, actually, I actually am going to go with the heart route because <laughs> I uh, one of the only places. Okay, so like I've never played like St. Andrews. Yep. And I, you know, maybe I never will. Augusta National, like, what, there's like a .00001% chance I play Augusta National someday? Not Ooh. zero. Not zero. You could win the mid-amp and get to yep. Augusta National. Like, that's a thing. It's not like a closed system. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's much, like, I'd say, like, maybe a 20% chance I play St. Andrews. Yep. Maybe. I think that's pretty... I think one out of five lifetimes, I probably find a way to get there. So mm-hmm. maybe this is that one. I don't know. Yep. Um, but in the sense, and, and maybe it's a. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to belittle my emotions and call it recency bias. Mm-hmm. But one of the golf courses I really, really like is uh, Riverside Golf Club. Okay. Where I learned to play golf uh-huh. essentially. Okay. With my grandma. Mm-hmm. And I've never played that golf course as a, a like a true golfer. Mm, okay. I played it with my super crappy clubs. Yep. I played it one time with my grandma when I was like, I wasn't good. Like I, I didn't know what I was. I mean, I was, I could golf, but yep. I, to that point, never bought a brand new golf club. Never understood fittings. Like I, I my clubs weren't fitted to me. Not that like I need fitted clubs to enjoy golf, but like. There's just there's a difference. Yep. There's a difference between knowing your six iron goes like somewhere around 180 yards and it goes 188 or mm-hmm. 192. Like you can enjoy golf in a different way. Yep. And and that golf course for actually is actually super interesting. Mm. Like the tenth green is legitimately it is five feet off the ground and completely square. Hmm. And like the fall off is like straight down. The golf ball will not sit on the edge of the greens. Huh. And the whole green's just a green. And it's it's a square it's only green I've ever seen that's square hmm. in real life. Um Yeah. Not the, even on video games. The back nine is like is is cool. There's just there's a there's a lot of aspects of that golf course I actually really like and would like to experience them. And I mean, my grandma didn't golf, but like she did just pass. And like, so sometimes I think about it, like, I don't know what, what would I give for just like one more round of golf with my grandma? Yeah. Like, yep. But, you know, I'll keep it to the, I'll keep it to the living for my foursome. I, I take you. I think that makes the most sense. I'd want to experience that with you. That's where I learned to play golf. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been a focal point of our lives. And I'm already playing with Tiger with you, so I'm not going to pick Tiger. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't have to pick Tiger because he's on my last one. Yeah. I also don't think I'd pick Tiger. No. Nope. I don't think I'd pick any professional golfers. Okay. Actually. I'd pick my wife. Okay. For, I'm thinking of like I'm trying to think of it as like my last round. Like 
I, like I'm gonna, I'm almost for just the sake of it going the opposite of like what you did mm-hmm. in a way, just because otherwise we're just saying the same thing. Yep. But like, so I'm going, I'm going to Riverside Golf Club in technically Menominee, Michigan. It's not Wisconsin, even though she lived in Wisconsin, but mm-hmm. sister cities, Marinette, Menominee. Yep. Um, and I'm picking you. I'm picking my wife, and. I'm picking my grandpa. Yep. And I had to really think about that last one, but I could have went a couple different ways, but yeah. I Yeah. He's getting older too. Like I Yeah, I pick my grandpa. But it's hard. It's hard filling out that fourth spot. Yeah. Like, you kind of get rolling. It's like, "Well, yeah, of course, like you and I are picking each other and you know, my answer was easy. Oh, yeah, Tiger Woods for sure." Like the greatest golfer of all time, or at least in our generation, you know, that could be, that could be debated, you know, and I'd be open to that debate, but you know, I would, I'd let the record show. I am not open to that debate. Tiger's the goat. Yeah, he is the goat. There is no debate. Okay. If we, you, can we, agree. we can debate if you'd like to, <laughs> I, I don't need a debate. play no. devil's advocate, but I, no. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, sternly in the Tigers the Goat debate. Okay, but have you heard about Phil Mickelson? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, didn't mean to cut you off, but... So yeah, you know, the the fourth spot's... That's hard. Because, like, it could be anybody in the world. You know? We established the rule that it didn't have to be somebody you met, so, you know? Yeah. It could have been Tom from Royal Oak, Michigan. Such a, I, I'm not joking. I, I would, I would play golf with him right now. <laughs> Just to, you know, if, if if somehow, some way, we we're able to connect with Tom, and ask him, would you like to go play St. Andrews, the old course? Like we're trying to get like, you know, six or eight people on board to like go over. Like, would you come with us? And if he said yes, I'd be. Tra- it sounds terrible as if like we don't have like friends we actually know. <laughs> Like, like, just like to paint the picture. I mean, Tom's just this like. I wouldn't call him like old, but older he was he was certainly like older than your dad. Yep, but probably younger than my grandpa. Yeah, I would say, but old. I mean, not to. I mean, he was old. Um. Anyways, and we just get paired with him. At Pilgrims, on like a random day that we mm-hmm. decided to play golf, and he's just gonna, he's gonna play nine holes. Yep. I'm just playing the front nine, and we get paired to them as a single. You know, he's kind of the whole, well, do you mind, whatever. But like, absolutely not. Like, more the merrier. Like, you know, we're playing a match. You know, yeah, we'd love, you know, love to have you. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just like, tee the ball up, hit the ball in the fairway. Hit the ball near the green, got up and down, didn't say a ton, would comment on our match. Yep. Really, really nice. Good shot. Good shot. Oh, it's over here. Just, and just was so nice and just like nice to be around. 
And on the golf, like, you don't, I mean, we didn't know him. No. Could have been anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. And he was the nicest guy. He didn't know us. I mean, not that you should be mean to people you don't know, but, like. No. He certainly could have been different, is what I'm trying to say, and it would have been okay. Just kind of closed off, and he's just playing his own game. Like, you know, we're we're playing at the same time. We're playing the hole at the same time, but, like, you know, he didn't have to say anything to us. No, and it would have been. It would have been okay. Or he could have been negative. Yeah, know? he could. I've played with negative golfers. Mm-hmm. And again, they don't owe you anything either. That's how they play golf. People experience golf in a different way. Yep. Like, not everybody plays it to get away. Yep. Maybe maybe people play it for to get better. Or they play it and they get frustrated because they this is how they let off steam. Mm-hmm. They don't let themselves get upset about other stuff. And so they can get let themselves get upset over a game because... It's easy to get upset about it. Yep. So you just kind of let it invent and you move on. Yep. You know, as soon as they're done playing golf, they're just like, oh, no, I don't bring that home. Like, I don't actually care. Mm-hmm. But when I'm out there, I care. Yeah. Where, like, I'm, we've, t- I think we talked about that, like, maybe last podcast. Like, I can be, like, differently. I can be kind of apathetic on the golf course. Like, oh, whatever. But honestly, I do bring it home. Like, mm-hmm. I am, like, kind of frustrated. Like, on the drive home, I'm like, I just, I just don't understand. Yeah. Where, you know, so everybody's different, and that's totally fine. And Tom couldn't have been like the more perfect example of like what a single pairing up with like another single should be. Yep. Like, uh, it was, it was really really good. I, I think about him far more than I probably should, honestly. <laughs> for somebody I literally don't know, lives in our head rent free, yeah. and we just played nine holes of golf with him. Yeah, and then he took off and. It's so pleasant. I just enjoy the rest of your night. You know, you you don't always remember what people say. Yep. You remember how they made you feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out Tri-County Banner in the <laughs> high school. You know, I kind of made fun of that a little bit just now, but I actually think about that a lot. That banner that hung up in the school right there that yep. said that, I, legitimately great advice for life. Yeah. I think about Mercer's quote in the um, in the computer room, gentle but firm. Oh, okay. I like that quote a lot. I actually used that not too long ago. Actually, with Cece. Oh, I was like, "You're gentle, but you're firm. You will not stand for BS, but you're also kind and respectful, and you are emotionally like connected with people. Like mm. you don't want to hurt people's feelings, but you can also be firm in the sense of like, well, no, this is what I want to do, or like." Hey, don't do that. You know, things like that. So that is a nice quote. Yeah. I am not that, am I? You know, I'm asking because you know what I have a hard time doing? Gentle but firm. I have a hard time understanding like how I am to other people. Mm. I know myself, but like I don't like I don't know. Okay. I probably like assume Kyle thinks I'm like the biggest jerk in the world. But like <laughs> But also, like, I love Kyle, and, yeah. like, I tell him that all the time. Yep. Like, I tell him, you irritate me, but, like, I, I do really enjoy Kyle's friendship. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe Kyle would be like, oh, no, I no, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, gentle but firm. I don't think I would – I don't think I would necessarily say that that is a perfect description of you because um, you can be both. But I don't know if you can be both at the same time. That's an interesting way to put that. 
Yeah. Probably probably true. It's a very political answer, but it's also true, you know. I don't I think that you can have you can have both you can have both those like characteristics in the same day, but a lot of times you're either picking one side or the other and you're sticking to that throughout situations where like something like triggers you pretty quick and now you're upset about it. That's like that that's how you perceive. Are you so you're saying I'm black and white? No, I'm not saying you're black. Well, what right. are you trying to say? I, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm <yeah>. just kidding. <laughs> you know, you stick to your guns, and that's that's a respect respectable uh, approach to things. As you know, very differently from me. Where do you think you're gentle but firm? I don't have any guns. I don't stick to anything. I'm just kind of floating around wherever the wind takes me. I just float like a plastic bag. It's a big fucking kite. <laughs> um, but um. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm gentle, but firm either. I think I'm no? mostly just gentle. I, like, no, you can be firm. I can be, but I definitely lean gentle in the sense of just like, well, I want to give everybody a chance. I want to hear what everybody has to say. I try to always be kind as much as I can be. You know, we all have our flaws, and I can't always be you know this this giant teddy bear all the time, but. I, you know, I have to have a backbone and as I've become an adult and faced real life situations, sometimes you do have to, you have to be firm. You have to be strong. That's, that's true. I think it's situational though. Hmm. Interesting. It's a, it's a good quote though. I like it. I'm going to keep that in mind. I don't know if I heard that one. I think I've heard you say that before, but I I don't know if I knew for sure it was a Merce quote. Yeah, it was up. Uh, I think it was painted, or maybe it was stickers on his wall. But on it was his like wall, really? on the top, hmm. like you know where his desk was. God, remember when we found out row. he, when we found out he smoked, like was like a chain smoker in his younger days. I just for like I just I can't even like fathom that still to this day. Yeah, it's like when I found out Tina smoked. I was just oh, like, that's right. I can't, I can't believe that either. Like my mom smoked cigarettes at like fifteen. No shot. No. no yeah, way. I would never say that. I mean, your mom's just like the the just I, like literally almost the opposite of somebody who had like look at it being like they smoke cigarettes and listen to Metallica. Yes, and, you know. Just I mean, kinda... I've called your mother Tina for the last fifteen years. She's just always been the vegetarian Tina who one day just decided, like, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. <laughs> like, yep. To just being just like, not a fan. Yep. Like, all the time. Like, it's just such a, just not a cigarette smoker. No. Which I guess I don't know. I guess I don't know what a cigarette smoker is. I was talking to somebody about that at work the other day. I was just like, you know, if I could go back in time and meet anybody. It'd be my parents Cause just because yeah. like listening to like s- stories from like their friends about, you know, my parents in the past or like from my grandparents and just hearing all these stories and even from them sometimes too. of just like, wow, really? Like you sounded so cool. <laughs> and at 16, it was like, what happened now at 26 is like, no, I, I get it. You know, like you grew up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that was kind of the point was like, you know, my parents went through the same stuff that I went through when I was 16. Like, you get in trouble. 
You, right. you make mistakes. It happens. But, you know, it's just. Now, you think they don't know anything when you're 16 and then you turn 26 or I recognize that much younger than 26. I'm just using the 10 years sure, as like a, sure. you know, an example, but it's just like, you know what? My parents were right the whole time. God, I think about that my mom all the time. Just like they, they knew. I just yeah, right. I wouldn't listen. But that's, right. you know, that's stereotypical 16 year old. They know everything. I definitely <laughs> don't think I was uh, the stereotypical like kind of like the way you were i generally my mom just said to jump it was how high i mean right i trust i trust my mom like ex- explicitly like i there was no real questioning but i didn't always understand mm. maybe like what was going on and like now that i'm like an adult having like a lot of these habits and stuff ingrained like yep like it has made life infinitely more easy mm-hmm. like not to well, just like not to get too personal, but just like the idea of like the way my mother taught me how to do bills. Yeah. I haven't thought about a bill in the whole time I've been an adult because the way she had me understand it when I started having bills was like to do it a certain way and that doing it this way relieves you of this stress mm-hmm. and like it helps you do this and do that. And it's like I didn't question it was okay. Yep. I didn't maybe really fully grasp why. I heard the words and was like, oh, okay, I understand the words you were saying. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm like older, I can actually feel and like comprehend the concept of not feeling the stress. Or mm. yep. like my, my stressors in life are generally self-inflicted. Like things that I let get in my head. Mm-hmm. Not these external factors that are just coming at me all the time. Yep. Which I, I really appreciate. Like truly i like truly appreciate them yeah like to it's sometimes maybe not enough like i really i really don't mm-hmm. i mean we were watching it's funny we were watching a video of my eighth it's over there on right in front of you but it's a, a dvd of my eighth birthday party mm. and it's it's funny it's cringy it's you know i'm, <laughs> I'm literally eight like yep but anyways and my mom in that video, we were all watching it down here one day. They were over here, and I was thinking, like, I was eight. I was turning eight that year. My mom was one year younger than I am right now. Hmm. I was, like, literally thinking about, like, having an eight-year-old right now. I, I can't even, I can't fathom that. That would be nuts. Yeah. And so... I am very grateful that I do not have to deal with that. <laughs> um, you know, I, we'll we'll kind of we'll get to wrapping it here. But is are your parents like if you had to pick somebody to go back in time to meet? It is your parent. That's your answer. Yeah. If anybody, if anybody in the world, I think I'd want to go. And I I don't know how long I could be there for. I definitely want to meet them in like their um, their teenage years. Okay. Just to really understand, because I think when you're a teenager, you kind of grow into your own. You kind of develop your own style. Like in middle school, like we all wore the same stuff. It was Hollister tops and like those ugly, like checkered and plaid, like the checkered and plaid shorts were so bad. Dude, it was just, it was so bad. And it's just like, you know, and and I'd like, you know, in eighth grade, you don't think about it because literally everybody's wearing the same stuff yeah like oh six shorts dude like yeah yours are blue and green and white and mine are like orange and 
you know. God, those were so bad. It's like an. I awful, totally for I totally forgot about that. An awful fed. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. But yeah, so I, I'd I'd really like to meet them when they're kind of developing as young adults, and like just to see like the decisions that they were making, and just like I mean, I I would hold absolutely nothing against them. It's just like, oh, you did that, like you're an awful person. Like, no, you're 16 years old. You don't know right from wrong, really. Like in the grand scheme of life, not just, in the sense of like when they're 40. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, if you make it to 40, you you made it through. Your uh, your younger years where you made mistakes and you lived to tell the tale kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that definitely be like I mean, there's there's been billions of people that have come and passed, and I could meet any one of them, but it wouldn't mean as much if to I were to meet like George Washington or mm-hmm. you know JFK or you know politicians. And you're, you're gonna make my answer sound so terrible. Artists and things. <laughs> But that's just, that's me. I'm more of a sentimental, like, you know, just, I just want to meet my parents. I just want to see, you know, what they were doing, what they acted like. Like, were they, like, terrible teenagers that, like, just never listened to their parents at all? And, like, I could could come back and I'd be like, you know what, Dad? I heard you tell Grandma one time. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, Mom, remember that one time when you did that? And she's like, how'd you know about that? I'm like. I got one wish. I time traveled. I, I was not stalking you, but you know, I was, I was hanging out. Now, would you want to meet them, or would you just want to see them and like understand what's going on? Because mine is me. I would want to meet somebody. I think I'd want to meet them too. Okay. I'd also like to just like be kind of in the shadows. Sure. Just like you know, just I get to see what they're doing. Okay. Like watch my dad at football practice and like watch him in school. Mm-hmm. Was he actually a class clown or, you know, were those stories made up? I don't imagine he would lie about that. Cause he's a pretty funny guy, but yeah, he is. Um, you know, just, just to meet them in their, uh, in their teenage years to meet them and just to, you know, see what they were doing. So, hmm. so I'd say both. <sighs> Yeah, I was like stuck in like, like J.P. Morgan, mm. John Rockefeller. Really, uh, I J.P. Morgan really fascinates me. Yeah, I, I mean, Junior, I believe technically, I read his Wikipedia page, but mm-hmm. um, there was a J.P. Morgan before J.P. Morgan. I'm pretty his dad, so I'm pretty sure he's a junior. Okay, the one who kind of. Well, they were all pretty successful, but like I would love to talk to the guy that at one point sold the U.S. government like all his gold to like save the economy. Like, I just think that's interesting. I would, I would love, I would just love to know like what life needed to entail to be able to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, you could you could pick the minds of some of the greatest, you know, financial, economical people in the world. And you can yeah. bring all that knowledge back if you could. Like, if you could, like, go there, meet them for, like, a week, and then come back and be like, whoa. I guess it, too, is I don't know if it's necessarily, like, from a, from a personal gain perspective. Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, reading that and thinking, and just, and just really thinking, like, what do you mean you single-handedly, like, saved the federal government, like, mm-hmm. financial system? 
Like, how'd you do it? Like, what, what are you to? talking about? <laughs> like, when I read that, I, I mean, of course, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. It, who knows? I mean, I didn't certainly read in depth about it. I'm sure there's maybe omitted parts that maybe make it sound more crazy than it was. But, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the family he creates U.S. Steel, yeah. you know, a conglomerate of, like, basically the biggest steel company in, in America. I mean, mm-hmm. that's in so, and that's the thing is it's it's interesting to me because for one, I think I'm saying like I'm going back in time, which means I'm for me, I'm not meeting anybody that I couldn't meet right now. Yep. Now you do the same thing with your parents because you physically can't meet your parents now. But like, mm-hmm. let's say I wanted to meet, um, like I did, I wouldn't have to go back in time to meet Elon Musk, for example. Sure. Like I could just theoretically meet him if i just had a wish yep so i'm i'm thinking of it from that perspective and like i mean there's just something about not not so much the idea of financial gain like bringing back information mm-hmm. although I, I would if i could you know yeah. if, it, if, if it applied but i i just think there's there's a difference in, in that time period where and honestly, maybe it's maybe it's like maybe it's Henry Ford, uh, honestly, mm-hmm. or Enzo Ferrari, Ferdinand Porsche. Like, I mean, these are things that are around now. That oh, what's so funny, Chuckles? I I can't. What? Not not on air. Okay, this guy's gonna make a joke. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, oh, I know a joke you're gonna make. <laughs> yeah, I had to cut that off. You said it, so yeah, don't we'll say it. Um, yeah. God, you're a bad guy. You know that? <laughs> you're a bad guy. This is a nice moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I ruined it. Um, but Cece will laugh. Of course she will. She so she thinks I'm good at ruining good moments. Okay, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I. My perspective is those things. Cause I I do think it's fascinating that like there's been many 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 like car brands that have been like tried to be created since Ferdinand Porsche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, and maybe to an extent, like Elon Musk has probably gotten the closest. I mean, everybody else has kind of been like, I don't know. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Yes, I know other things after like a lot of those people have been created, like um, at Dodge, like the Mopar guys. and mm-hmm. I, I recognize that, but there's something about like, like standard oil was like a thing. Yep. And I believe there's a lot of remnants of that still to this day. I think that's interesting. It's not something that we're probably going to experience in our lifetime is maybe like some of the Elon Musk stuff that he's doing or like Amazon. That's a good example of like something that's like yeah, new age that's in our time. That's going to probably last much longer than we're around. Yeah. It used to be an online bookstore. Like, and so I just, I don't know. I, I think it's fascinating. So my answer would be like one of those guys. Okay. Kind of more of the, if I go back in time and meet anybody. It'd be, one of those guys, just to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Like, just to see. I, I don't know other reason that. Or maybe the captain of the Titanic. Mm. <laughs> That'd be kind of 
sick. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Imagine spending all that time creating an unsinkable ship and its first trip it sinks. I I know there's some conspiracies mm-hmm. out there, but I'm just saying, like, even if that was true, you imagine it's like how shitty you'd feel? Yeah. All those people. I don't, I don't know. That's that's crazy. But it's a great movie. It is a good movie. I haven't seen that in years. Actually, you know what? I watched that with my grandmother. Did you? Mm-hmm. Nice. I think that's the last time I fully watched that movie was with my grandmother. That was the first movie I cried to. Really? Yep. What part made you cry? When Jack was... Oh, okay. Sinking. Maybe um, my maybe my heart's as cold as his body was in that scene because <laughs> I didn't cry. I, I think so. Although, like... Maybe my dog Skip got me. That was a tough one. I couldn't do dog movies when I was younger. Nobody can do dog movies. I can do dog movies now. They still get to me. They do. They do okay, get to okay. me. But not in the same way like a a seven-year-old me who doesn't really know how to control their emotions. Okay. I just sit there and just start sobbing. Oh, don't, just, a, don't ask Carly about my one time watching Coco. I've never watched that. I, Carly will tell you. It's, that one got to me. As like a... 23 year old like adult kids and dogs i just i can't do anything where something traumatic happens just can't do it so if we watched like if we watched like old yeller followed by followed up with like the boy in the striped pajamas you'd really have a day (laughs) yeah i'd you know buy some stock in kleenex (laughs) because i'm gonna need some (laughs) tissues after that day um well, I guess we'll wrap it at that. That's a that's a that's a, a solid. That's a and, all right. If you've made it this far in listening to this, and I and obviously it's probably only going to be our friends. Text me. I I will cash up you a dollar. I'll double it. Okay, we will both cash up you a dollar if you got into this part in the podcast. You just have to say it. Yeah, right. Because they would only know if Should they we got have, to like, hear a code word. Text us Pringles. Pringles. Okay. Pringles. Very simple. Or a picture of a Pringles can. That would Ooh. work too. Yeah, that'd be that'd be creative. Yep. Or and maybe put a Pringle like on my doorstep with a note. <laughs> oh, for a dollar that you wanted them to do that? Go out of their way that much? <laughs> maybe don't do that. Look, anyways, it something related to Pringles, just send us a send us a text or something. We'll we'll get you we'll get your cash up. Yeah, and you know, as we're kinda like going through this, you know, outro, like the more time that we spend, like just kind of like talking about this, is the least likely where they're just gonna skip to the last like thirty seconds. Ah, true. You know, for future, you know, if people start catching on where we might start dropping donos right at the <laughs> end of the podcast. Like, well, I'm gonna let's in the last fifteen minutes of it, and like, oh yeah, cash app. Yeah, you get a dollar. Scumbags. Listen, if a dollar changes your life, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Anyways. Um, listen, well, look, we, I've got some other things on the docket so we could, you know, next podcast, we could talk about the idea of ranking things, get some billion dollar questions out there. Mm. I'd love to talk to you about my gap wedge versus sand wedge idea. Okay. Maybe talk about your putting. Mm. And, um, I'd like to play a game of why will you versus why won't you? Mm. Okay. But save those for another time. 
hopefully right. soon. So uh, until then, we'll uh, we'll catch up then. Yeah. Two Guys Golf Podcast, signing off. This is Mike. <laughs> this is Tyler. <laughs>